Tundra Talk is brought to you by Frontier Outfitters and Century Hardware, your source for outdoor gear in interior Alaska. It's a locally owned, longtime Fairbanks business that I've shopped at since I was a kid, and they've always done a great job of carrying a wide variety of quality, proven gear that'll tackle whatever Alaskan tasks you need it to. Frontier Outfitters always stays current with gear for the season, and whether you're bear baiting in the spring, fishing or dip netting in the summer, looking for game bags and gears for moose camp in the fall, or need to stock up on trapping lures, get a new spud bar, or just need some bait for your winter burbot sets, they've got you covered. They always carry a wide variety of Alaskan-proven clothing and boots, camping gear, meat processing supplies, lots of guns, ammo, reloading and shooting supplies, as well as gun safes. Downstairs in Century Hardware, you'll find your snow machine and ATV accessories like sleds and hitch pins, gun boots, hot grips, as well as a full selection of marine and boating parts and accessories. They really go out of their way to stock quality, useful equipment, and it's truly one of those great hometown sporting goods and hardware stores that every town needs to have. Whether you're gearing up for a hunting or fishing trip, working on that never-ending home improvement project, or you just need to rehandle an axe, it's usually a one-stop shop. Frontier Outfitters is located on 3rd and Old Steese in Fairbanks, and they have a second location out in North Pole, so make sure you stop in there and tell them you heard about it on Tundra Talk. This episode of Tundra Talk is also brought to you by Hedgecock Group Real Estate, a local brokerage that can cover your real estate needs in the Fairbanks area, whether it's residential, commercial, or just undeveloped property. The Hedgecocks have been active in the Fairbanks and North Pole real estate market since the early 80s and have put together a team that really reflects the diverse needs of homebuyers in interior Alaska. With a brokerage team made up of multi-generation Fairbanks locals, transplants, and military veterans, they really understand the unique aspects of living in the interior and what that means when it comes to shopping for a home in general, buying land to build a home, and they also understand the situations that many military members are in when needing to buy or sell a home in Fairbanks. This is really a unique place to live, and whether it's learning why some houses have water-holding tanks instead of wells, how much it'll cost to heat a given house, or just what recreational opportunities are close by, they're here to help you. More than simply acquiring or building a piece of property, they can help you find the right property in the right place and help you learn from their experience. The Hedgecock Group offices are on Noble Street in Fairbanks, and if you want to get in touch with them, visit www.fairbanksakhomes.com. That's how you do it. Welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, and I guess before we get rolling into stuff, um, I do want to say I do still have some of the uh, the Snow Go hoodies, the, the old Tundra Talk hoodies, and I still have, um, yeah, it's kind of dwindling, but I do still have some t-shirts in most sizes with like the Ramskull um, blue ribbon design on it. Um, if you're interested in getting one of those, I wouldn't wait too long. I don't think I'm going to order another run of the, of the Snow Machine hoodies, um, so... Take it for what it is, and if you want one, go get one, and uh, you can do that at tundertalkak.com. Now that that shit's over, um, excited tonight to sit down with, uh, I don't know what, what a Facebook acquaintance, like a yeah. local Facebook <laughs> yeah, yeah. acquaintance, I would say, um, so far, but uh, Dusty Spencer, um, thanks for coming over, man. Yeah, yeah and, no uh, problem. Guy that kind of likes a lot of the 
foolish foolish stuff i like doing too so it's yeah. always nice to freaking get together and talk to someone you haven't really got a chance to bs with so yeah for sure thanks for having me yeah That's no problem good. man so um and you you did you come up here in the air force i want to like give me give me no, some backstory no so i grew up in oregon um as a kid you know hunting fishing with my grandpa and my dad and everything like that and then my dad moved up here when i was little and then i followed him i came yeah. up we did i did like a year on year off mom and dad mm-hmm. in oregon up to here and then by the time i was a sophomore in high school i just knew that this is where i wanted to be so i stayed nice um and then i ended up joining the air guard here out at Allison. so oh, i've been cool. here forever nice been doing that for 17 years now and then yeah hunting fishing trapping my trapped forever with my uncle who's works on the railroad here and nice kind of got my start that way you know shot my first moose at 13 and just been hooked ever since oh that's, that's awesome what i've been doing yeah, yeah i struggled it was well i my first and biggest moose was i killed that when i was 17 and i don't know where i was going with that we're starting this off on a rough foot i need to <laughs> drink a little bit more but uh <laughs> Yeah, that was like the first big game animal. And I was always hunting crazy, but that was the first big game animal I ever got a crack at or even got a shot at, you know. So it was kind of, I definitely remember that. I'm a little, I was always, I would have been just green with envy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, especially when, you know, the before, before moving up here, man, I was just hunting crazy and always dreamed of coming up here. Yeah. Yeah. My first hunting experiences in Oregon, you know, I was a little kid following my grandpa and dad and you know uncles and stuff and uh my sisters actually killed deer before me you know and they're older than me but yeah. i was super jealous of them of yeah. course and then by the time i was able legally able to hunt and old enough they changed all the rules to where it was all archery only oh for general season so you know i was chasing deer with my bow at like 10 to 12 years old with them and i was like, chasing deer with an elk with my bow but i wasn't yeah <laughs> exactly me too yeah you know i might have thrown an arrow or two but there's you know never never got anything with it and then uh then yeah then when i came up here that first year i stayed the whole season i went moose hunt with my uncle tony and and yeah ended up shooting like a 40 inch bull but i was 13 ecstatic you know i'm still ecstatic about shooting a 40 inch bull. <laughs> yeah me too man that's great that's what i ended up getting this year but yeah it was, it was a good time for sure and then just hooked from there and he took me trapping you know took me under his wing and trapped everything from martin beaver wolves wolverine and like i said man it just went from there just it just gets you. you yeah. Know how it goes. Oh yeah. It's a, uh, and it do. That, that's what I was, I was going after. Is it's, oh, it's so not. It is a big benefit having some family like yeah. connections established. I can't. I can't write off that because there's a lot. A lot of info and learning the hard way that can sometimes be bypassed. <laughs> yeah, that was a good thing though about my uncle. He let me learn the hard way. <laughs> Even though he was there with me, helping yeah. me out on the way, you know, if I had an idea or something, he would never tell me no. Yeah. He just already knew the answer, you know, and then sent me off on my way and came and collected the pieces afterwards. Oh, or, yeah. or, you know, maybe next time try it this way. Yeah. You know, that's kind of how they did it. You if know? you had the chance, would you do that that way again? <laughs> yeah. No, no, there's a, yeah, there's a certain amount of, uh, like, the for that first moose I got was still, but to this day, the worst moose. I shot him right in the middle of a swamp. Didn't realize it was water at the time, but... <laughs> My dad and my uncle were both with me, and they're like, "Would you, you know, what our dad would tell us right now?" <laughs> my uncle's had some story about a moose he shot when he was a teenager or something, and 
you know, shot it and it got in the lake and died. And Grandpa just sat up there and watched. Yeah. Or, or they or they had stuck a truck. Maybe it was both. Like, I think there was a lot of that shit going on. Like, he'd get a truck stuck and Grandpa just be sitting there watching from camp. Yeah. You know, oh, you could enjoy the show. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. Sure. No, that's that's freaking cool, though, man. It, it gets its hooks in you. I, oh, absolutely. I, and one thing I get conflicted because you got kids too. Like, I, I want my son to know, like, I want to spoil him, but at the same time, I also want him to know how, how good he has it. Yeah, and there's for a, sure. There's, I think there's a factor of that, like, when you come from somewhere else, you know, or you have, like, some of your early experiences somewhere else. Not to say there isn't, isn't great stuff to experience other places, but, right. like, the fishing where and a lot of the hunting where I grew up compared to, excuse me, the opportunities we have here, it's... Right. Same there, man. I mean, there's a lot of good, well, there was back then, you know, you know, 20 some years ago back in Oregon, a lot of great fishing, you know, mm-hmm. everything from catfish, bass, trout, that kind of stuff. Even some salmon when I was younger, I used to catch kings off the Rogue River. Oh, nice. And some sturgeon fishing up near Washington, you know, Columbia River, that kind of stuff. But it's just different here. You know, the, the abundance, I mean, you can, you can go, you can't, you can it pick a month and there's always something you can be chasing yeah. whether it's fish or feathers or fur doesn't yeah. matter down there you're you got you know you got peak moments where you're a couple months here a couple months there you're you're in living for stuff. september it's, or it's whatever, completely yeah. different yeah so you know just being that little bit of bit of exposure that i had down there and then transitioning to here and then having somebody who's just engrossed in it and does every season something from fishing yeah. to trapping to hunting it was just like Yep, this this is for me. This is where I'm at. This is what I want to do. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a it was a bit it was a big change for me. And I mean, yeah, it, just cutting the cutting the learning curve. It was it was nice to have to learn some things the hard way. Other things, and I mean, stuff like this podcast and whatever. I feel like generally we give enough like some useful, helpful information without oh, absolutely with yeah. without letting people. <laughs> and still having people go make their own mistakes. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's just one of those things. If you're out in the woods enough, you're going to make mistakes. Like, oh, there yeah, is no time. doubt about it. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a mistake you could have avoided or not. Something's going to happen. You spend yeah. enough time in the woods and oh, that's get for out sure. there. Yeah. It's going to yeah, get you eventually. Just some <laughs> r- ridiculous stuff. What was, uh, did you have any, like, big, like, defining m- moments? Like, well, like the first big... L- <laughs> I mean, I don't know whether it was your first moose or something that you got in over your head. Or... Uh, well, well, my first moose, I was, you know, I had my uncle and my dad there to help me with it. So it was, it, that wasn't, that was my defining moment as a big game hunter. Right? Yeah. My first big game yep. animal happened to be a moose, you know, the biggest one that you can, probably one you can get. But like the first hunt I went on by myself without an adult, I was 16 and I, and I did a moose hunt, me and a buddy, we walked in. It's really dumb. <laughs> Up off the Rex Trail. Oh, right. Man. And so, well, we wheelered it. We had one four-wheeler between yeah. just two kids, you know, bad idea. But we wheeled in, we camped, we got up high, we found some moose. And I was telling my buddy Dan, I was like, don't shoot a moose because there's no way we're getting it out. Like, <laughs> let's just camp and have fun and maybe we'll see something smaller like a bear or a wolf or whatever. We'll, we'll bring something else out. And uh, I ended up actually hiking one day, and we got up to the top of the ridge, and we saw quite a bit of moose. And, you know, that's a Spike Fork 50 mm-hmm. area. So I was like, well, if we shoot one, make it a spike. You know, something we could manage yeah. with what we got because we didn't bring a whole lot. No pack frames, just kids out mm-hmm. in the woods hunting, having a good time. I ended up 
walking up a ridge and I went up and over the other side and, and I was glassing and then I just hear some shots pop off and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> what, what happened? And I come back over the other side and yeah, he shot a 58 inch bull and moose. Oh, man. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, that was a good moment, right? It was exciting as hell. We started taking care of the moose, getting it back to the wheeler and then trying to get it out to the truck and uh, wheeler broke down about the second trip. Uh, oh man. And so we ended up having to pack you know, two thirds of a moose out. <laughs> with no pack frames three miles <laughs> that's to the truck brutal it was yeah to me that was like one of the okay, never mind that's worse than, than that one that's that's that was one of the moments where you're like yep yeah, you better have a good plan when you're doing stuff like oh, this because this was a bad plan <laughs> yeah that and, and like this one of mine we weren't even we weren't even hunting it was just happy we went like camping to shoot some ducks and catch some pike and whatnot yeah. um, happened to be moose season and that was in a in a Spike Fork 50 area too, and we're going to we had shot some ducks in the morning, and we're going to go on our way to a pike hole and uh, come around the corner, and antlers just explode out of the water in this <laughs> slough, and he goes running, but everyone's hollering and shutting the boat down. And of course, you know he's long gone by the time by the time I got got the cab open, it was freaking it was pretty cold that year, and. We kept going, and the slough kept turning around like a big oxbow, you know. Mm-hmm. And so my uncle, I didn't know Jack, so my uncle's like, ah, most of this country's pretty open once you get off the water. And so let's pull over and, and just walk out there and look. And sure enough, get through all the alders, and and there he is standing right out in the middle of this big grassy meadow and <laughs> and shot. And when he ended up falling over, just kicking water everywhere. And it was almost hip, like top of hip boot height um, like almost over the hip boots not quite <laughs> and yeah they didn't eat but i didn't know what i was doing my dad and my uncle kind of jumped on it and we they got the guts ripped out and just didn't even skin it just start knocking quarters off with right. the hair on and, and it, it ended up working because it was that water it was so cold and the water was cold i i got all i think by the by the time it was starting to get dark i got all the quarters drug and we figured it was closer to the other side of that hmm. clearing um, to get to the slough. So I drug him out that side and then just kind of got him up out of the water. And we just had to leave the whole, you know, like the body, you know, the main body of the moose in the water. Right. And uh, to get back to the boat and get back to camp. Um, and it was freaking cold the next morning. It was like September 13th. We were breaking like half inch ice getting back out to him the next morning. And uh, I was panicking. I was like, is he really 50? And it was like, oh, it was yeah, almost 60. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and yeah, I'll always remember that. That was a pain in the yeah. ass. Had to cut a new trail, you know, trail through the alders and throw a hind quarter on your shoulder and run as fast yep. as you can to, <laughs> yeah. Try not to fall face first and yep. run out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. So you left, you said you left the main body there. So the second day to go back and get yeah. the ribs and stuff Break like that. Break the ice yeah. out. And you know, more, and more aside from what you cut, what we cut, the hair was still on and, and I mean, I would tell anybody it's a horrible idea to leave the hide on overnight if you, it, unless you like had no choice. Yeah. Like in if if you can't get it out of the water is one exception. Like my uncle had to do that this year. Yeah, leave um, it on. Keep had the water to, he just it. yanked the guts out and let the whole th- entire moose was submerged. I'm like, well, okay. in theory, you know, the water's not going to be touching. Right. Right. Not going to be like getting in the muscle or anything mm-hmm. and you know if it's just filling up the body body cavity it ought to cool it off fine and it did you know i mean so yeah, sometimes sure. unfortunately you have to take you have to take a chance now yeah. and then 
Did he pull the tenderloins out before when he left it in there? I, I mean, don't, that, that I don't think so. I, yeah. mean, I guess if you left that film the, over it, yeah. it's probably protected And I, think, I mean, there was probably a little bit of hacking and oh, yeah. whatnot going on. So I, I don't think we, we got the tenderloins out. It was pretty... Headlamps and hacking. Head, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In those situations. Pretty rough situation. At least, you know, it was it was a wake-up call. I yeah. Like, never do yeah. this again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would, like I said, that, that, that when I was 16, man, I just... We just went. There was yep. no plan, and just throw the four wheeler in the back of the truck. Two dudes, and let's go down and see what we can find out. You know, that's been most of my moose hunting. Honestly, yeah. just trying to. Yeah. I, sp- <laughs> I spent so many years just focusing on sheep. You know, because oh, that's yeah. when I could get the time off work or yeah, or whatever. Where I was in school, you know, during mm-hmm. during moose season, but. Yeah, my focus has been moose for the most part, and then sheep the last half a dozen years or so. I've been really trying to get more yeah. into that and bears and whatnot. Yeah. And myself personally, I've only taken a sheep when I've taken been on six or seven successful yeah. ones. You know, yeah. on, on other trips with friends and yeah. a little bit of guiding here and there. A so packer, that, yeah, pretty much a glorified. <laughs> that's packer. a good. That's a good friend to bring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, moose for sure, man. That's. That was a defining moment, I, and I never shot a, a moose over sixty until man, it must have been ten years ago now. But you know, my fifteenth, twentieth moose that I took, I never shot one over fifty until yeah. I shot a sixty. You know, yeah. it was always the first thing: get your meat for the freezer, fill a tag, yep. you know, punch tag, and no, and that's I, yeah, I start, I started there and have just gradually gone down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think you know, I was like, oh, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I'm wanting to get the the food, you know. Yep. <laughs> So first legal ball is usually the one that hits, and then I started taking a lot, taking some other people that have not been into moose mm-hmm. hunting a whole lot, and then it made it a little easier because they're, take, they're the first taking the first one, yeah. one and then be a little picky, right? And uh, the the year I ended up getting my my first moose over sixty, he ended up being sixty eight, and I brought my brother in law. My brother in law came up from Oregon, and he uh, took him hunting. I said, "Hey, man, we'll take you." It's any bull area. We'll take it, take what we can get. We'll try to get you a big moose. I've seen a few fifties, and then you're like, not that one. <laughs> and then no, it ended up it ended up being pretty good. Like the first two days we we're out there, we spotted like four or five big bulls, and I was like, wow, this is different. Like you, I'm gonna bring you back every year. You're my lucky yeah. charm. Like I've never seen this. And then we ended up watching the bull I ended up shooting and the, his bull fighting. Oh man! And his just got totally annihilated. <laughs> just easy trees flying, you know, the whole nine yards. And then his bull walked off away and came right to us. And I was like, oh, sweet. Check that oh, out. Oh, man. Like, it, call, we'd call, it, call we him call, or he just we, happened to come. We huh? were calling, you know, that morning and stuff, but we just ended up watching the show. And he just yeah. walked in our direction. I was like, oh, this is perfect. You know, nice. He's a good bull. I thought mid-50s, you know. And uh, that evening... I was like, well, he's he bedded down for the afternoon. Just got beat up. He's tired, you know. So that evening, I started calling, and he stands up and just kind of makes his way towards us. Then goes and lays down below another little knob that's about six hundred yards past us. So we got down and walked up to that top of that knob, and man, he was right below us. And oh, he ended nice. up he ended up popping him, and, and we were able to get the machines and trailer the four wheeler and trailers right to him. And he was uh, sixty one. I was like, nice. Whoa. And then you're like, oh, those if he's sixty one, <laughs> that other one's. How big is that other one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that just beat him up. So I was like, we brought him into town, you know, got him all cleaned up and got brought him into town, hung him up for a couple of days out there and we're looking for him and I never did see the big one again. I was like, oh man, dang, I missed out. <laughs> yeah. 
ended up and then uh we came back to town took some showers took his meat his uh moose into the processor to delta meats because i was like well we're going back out you came up here for Mm -hmm. for 20 days we're gonna hunt yeah like there's no i'm not gonna wait so we ended up dropping that one off which i normally don't do i usually do all my own stuff but went back out and then like the next day my father-in-law showed up too and there he was he just reappeared and he's with his bunch of cows and i'm like all right my my brother-in-law russell is like hey Let's go get that one. That's that's the moose I'm here for. Like yeah. we don't care. We already got meat. That's the one, right? Like let's make a plan. And so that evening he was he would never he would never he kind of acted like he wanted to come to a call, but he would mm-hmm. never commit because he already had his cows. And he yeah. said, "I'm the biggest thing out here. You're going to come to me." And he was about a half a mile, two thirds of a mile, maybe a little further from where we were calling from. And I was like, "Man, I really don't want to like wheel in there. I don't want to walk in there." Like, yeah. What kind of country was it? it's a it's an old burn area it's hot we're glassing from up high but we got like a five six mile flat valley where a couple valleys dump into each other so you're not total complete swamp though no and then there's a couple creeks that run through the bottom and then most of it's just some some good brush and some old burn forest Mm -hmm. and you could see pretty well especially if things are up and moving you know yeah and uh so we i was like well let's just hike in there and act like we're a bull you know two of us so we go off the the knob down on the end and we have to cross this creek and i didn't i estimated the creek was a little shallower than it was and i get to the edge and i'm like damn it yeah so we get down to our skin is it one of them that's like just brush right up to the edge of it yeah straight drop off could be like like four feet wide and five and a half feet deep (laughs) yeah it was we found an area that fanned out a little more but yeah pretty much cut on both sides and then this one was like we found a spot where it's like 10 or 12 feet wide but it was still two and a half yeah. feet deep and i was like it's gonna be cold so we just pulled pants and boots and crossed and i was like <laughs> felt like needles and razor blades yeah. know, going through your skin and we get all the way over there and it's getting dark now it's like seven o'clock at night eight o'clock at night and we brought a tent and sleeping bags like just in case we didn't mm-hmm. make it back and we're getting into where i thought where i pictured he was because there's a birch tree stand that still had some orange leaves and whatnot mm-hmm for my marker yeah. where he was hanging out and we get in there and I'm like, it's thicker than snot, you know, timber cut, you know, burnt trees fell and over, fall over brush everywhere. And I'm like, man, we're never going to see him, but we had no wind. So that was kind of a good thing. You know? mm-hmm. And no, we weren't making a whole lot of noise. And then I found this one huge dead burnt spruce tree and it had like eight inch uh, branches that were all broken off and jagged, but it's like a perfect ladder. ladder. Material. Exactly. A perfect <laughs> ladder. So I drop my pack and I throw my rifle on my shoulder and I and I give Russell the call and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna probably need you to make some noise here in a minute, but I'm gonna climb up this tree first. And I get up to the top and it's a little taller than I thought. And there's another tree a little bit to the right of me, so I put kind of straddle one yep. foot on each tree and I'm holding onto the top. And I was like, and All "This right. is burnt timber. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the best of scenarios, you know. One of those things you learn by doing the wrong thing, right? And I was like, "Hey." Russell, grab that call and start scraping and make some noise. See if he's still laying in here somewhere. And he scrapes and scrapes, and then it's 30, 40 yards in front of me. Just this moose just blows up (laughs) out of the water. I'm like, how did I not see him? He just stands up. And he looks over, and I could just see the steam come out of his nose, just snorting away. And then he just starts hammering trees. Oh, man. My brother-in-law has never been that close to a moose, you know, or heard anything that big. And he's like... I remember him looking up the tree, and he's like, do you see him? I'm like, Because he can hear him, too. Yeah. You know, like baseball bats going. I'm like, yeah, I see him. He's like, don't let him get me, man. <laughs> I'm like, you got a gun, dude. Like, Just <laughs> grab your gun and wait. 
But and uh, anyways, he ended up circling, and he finally popped out about forty yards, and I just shot him from in the tree. Nice. And uh, glad hit, you brought your rifle up with. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to shimmy down to bring it to get it back, so I shot. I hit him, hit him good. And when I shot, I was holding onto the the tree, kind of elbow pocketed yep. the tree, and slung the rifle over the same arm that was holding onto the tree. Mm-hmm. Well, it shifted my weight to the other tree that I was standing on, the oh. smaller one. So it, they kind of started separating, and I was like doing, <laughs> doing the, split. the splits oh. in this tree. So I just jumped off the other one and hugged the other one and kind of fell down on oh, three geez. branches. <laughs> and I scraped the crap out of myself. <laughs> Did you drop your rifle? No. Nope. No, uh-huh. didn't drop the rifle. And then uh, loaded another shell in when I'm holding onto the tree, and then I just watched him kind of walk and then just tipped right over right there. Nice. Right at dark and... Uh, Worked out pretty good, so we just, yeah, we pulled the guts out of him and started quartering up and quartering him up, and then got. So this him. was you didn't spend the night. This was that. No, that this okay, was the same okay, night. Yeah, for and some then, reason, I don't know why I thought I was picturing like wake up in the morning. We okay. were gonna, we were gonna, we we brought everything to spend the night in case we didn't catch up. Them, you know, wake How up. How sick with would that make you feel? Pop your tent up and the thing gets up and runs off. <laughs> right, because we didn't see anything. You know, just just happened to chance find that tree that I can get up in to find him, and uh, so yeah, we broke them apart and then. My father-in-law and brother-in-law were at camp, and they heard the shots, so they brought the wheelers down down to the trail, nice. which there was another trail that was about two miles behind where we shot him mm-hmm. from that we could walk to without getting into that creek again. Nice. So, they, yeah, they came down that trail, and we we saw the lights coming, so I was like, let's just walk out to that trail, and we'll guide him into this moose, and ended up breaking him down. And yeah, man, that's my biggest moose ever. He was 68. He scored SCI. He was uh, like 457 or something like that. He's not, you know, he's like a, like 300 and something in the book or whatever, but yeah, never shot one like that. That's Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it's, it's funny cause I guess I, you know, I guess pretty much most of the only book stuff I've killed is bears. Yeah. But so, but yeah, I mean, a 60 inch, eight inch bulls. He was big, big man. He was crazy. He had no teeth. He was, he wasn't living much longer. Like he was on the end of that run. He had a, his left palm is, was broken and kind of cupped. Mm-hmm. Like it broke during growth. Oh, he, interesting. I feel like he'd have been over 70 if he didn't break that palm. Like he was old. He had eight brow tines on one side and Jeez. a drop and then five on the other. And no, no points on top was completely rounded and just, he didn't have much points like scoring points, but he had a lot of mass and width and tall oh, yeah. palms, you know, that kind of made up for it. But no, that's awesome, man. I, yeah, I can only, yeah, I bet he stands up and starts thrashing. You hear the heart goes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I saw him, ingra- that's kind of if your heart sounds like that, go visit a doctor. <laughs> when I saw him, I was just like, boom, 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 boom. oh my <laughs> gosh, here he is, you know. Well, and it's it's impressive, especially like on a quiet night, it's impressive how loud, yeah, they're. You know, their raking does like the 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 biggest bull we saw this year. I mean, he was probably whatever my judging's worth. I think he was probably like sixty two ish, sixty three yeah. maybe. Um, he was the first. He just walked through this clearing twelve hundred yards away, and just, mm-hmm. he had binos. You know, he just had nice like V, like wide, right, pretty right. good sized paddles, long paddles. But when he was coming, you know, we thought. We thought we were calling two, and he was just moving. He picked up his pace where he was moving so fast that we thought he was two different bulls. Hmm. And, uh, you know, across, I mean, he, I mean, he was probably a thousand yards away from us, and it sounded like he was right there. Right there. Yeah. Just like walking, scraping a sheet of plywood on the alders and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Get your heart pumping. Absolutely. I know. I was like straining for gr- to hear grunt, like to hear that first grunt of like a calling yeah. session or evening. It's like it, it's such a subtle sound that you're like, and the, did I really know, hear one? Did, yeah, yeah. Did you, and, and then you I've, shut I've, up. You're uh, like, did you hear one? I found that like all the moose hunts I've done, if you can hear the grunt, yeah, they're pretty close. Like they're within a couple hundred yards. Like if you can if you can hear it like crisply like, yeah you know what i mean you might hear a faint one that yeah carried. where you can catch the tail end like right. if you, yeah that makes well sense. unless they're like over water because that kind of changes everything yeah. like if they're across the pond normally you you can hear that pretty good it'll yeah. echo a longer ways but if you're like in the timber or something oh, or yeah. even up in the hills you, know, you hear a grunt but they generally they're coming like yeah. generally they are real close but but crashing and thrashing, you, you'd you have a hard time figuring out how far away they are because yeah, no. that stuff echoes a lot. Oh, know, yeah. And, and it was really – uh, there was one bull we called in that we – I saw him I saw him cross an opening. And we it was just part of our learning how to hunt this spot. There's nowhere you can get up in glass. Right. So you're just calling. And we – I mean, by the time I got mine killed, I think we found a better spot to call from because we had had several bulls circle wide of us. Right. And I think it was, they were just staying in a travel corridor where they could see a little better. And, and then they got, because we were kind of tucked into a little tighter spot than, we had some visibility, but the moose just weren't doing what I thought they would do. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, one bull came, I mean, you could hear him and then you could hear him ping, ping, ping. Like, just I was like, yep, he's in that stand of burnt, because there's a lot of burnt timber out yeah, there. It's like, yep, he's in that stand of timber right there, and then where is he, where is he, and then catch him, and then just, like, dead quiet for, <laughs> I don't know, half, you know, 20 minutes, and then ended up, like, yeah. just, like, 75 yards away trying to, like, get through the brush and ended up just getting spooked and running off. But, uh, yeah, learning stuff. What's, that, uh, is that the one you think was 60? No, that was, was that was a different one, one yeah. Okay. And I I just got a side glimpse of him, and he just based on how tall his paddles were, he was probably like at least mid forties, right? You know, maybe yeah. fifty or mid forties to mid fifties. I don't know. Well, how big was that one that Frank shot this year? That, that one was fifty two, but it was a night. It was a it, it, he really filled out like yeah, he's one of the bulls like that good filled it out good, um, yeah. like good brows, good good palms. It, yeah. I saw a couple pictures there. Yeah, it looked like it was a good. Good looking moose, good genetics. He looked know, like, good as shit standing fifty oh, yards yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, shoot him. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> and that was, I mean, and that was one of those because it was real windy, and we actually, you know, we did. And I told the story before. We did have two other bulls, yeah, that we heard had heard grunting, and I mean, I was just, it was so windy, it was just wailing on alders with a canoe paddle just to get some sound out there, and it right. worked. But yeah, the fur word like fo- focusing on these over here, and then and you that just, you just heard that, yeah, like a belly, like a, not even like a grunt, just a. They snuck in on you, right? Yep. Yeah, they do that a lot too. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be thinking about it. You know, you're you're focused on the one you were 100 percent sure you knew was yep. over off in this direction or whatever, and then you like just happened to glance over and they're looking right at you standing there yeah where did you come from (laughs) i've had cows do that too yeah really weird i feel i feel like that you know like when you're bull grunting or whatever and you got another bull responding like you would think a cow would probably stand off and just kind of hang out yeah i've had them walk right in well and that's thing too yeah i'm i'm convinced that like bull the cows will come to those bulls too because we all same thing literally absolutely i mean it was 
45 minutes or an hour before I shot my bull, we called a cow right yep. right into I mean, she was like 50 yards away and then circled around and laid down downwind of us. I'm like, well, that's that's good. That's good a good thing bait. to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's got a live decoy. Sure enough, it wasn't too long before a bull came along. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he didn't make it, but. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. That, it was, yeah, once like, since I've finally got a taste of like some good, good real, moose real moose hunting, it's, it's fun, man. I'm. Mm-hmm. Like it's got its hooks. I'm already looking forward to it. Like me and Frank will sometimes be bad. <laughs> or maybe we were in, maybe we were even, it was either before or when we're sheep hunting. We're like, man, I'm, I really can't wait to go moose hunting. <laughs> but that, yeah. would you say that's been, yeah, that's been, it's probably yeah. your, your. Moose hunting has definitely been my, my forte for sure. Yeah. You know, and then I've been getting into a lot of, I mean, caribou is kind of, is an any man's game, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've taken a bunch of caribou and my kids and taking my kids caribou hunting and stuff like that. But moose hunting for sure has been the majority of my younger focus and everything like that yeah. outside of trapping, you know, getting some predators and stuff like that but the bears and sheep and other things have in the last half a dozen years definitely been changing my game trying to get after a lot more of that stuff because we just we're spoiled you know yeah. we got all this oh, opportunity big time got to go do it right yeah it's like oh what a so, tough decision yeah <laughs> oh darn i gotta take some more time do I, off do I, to yeah. go hunting darn <laughs> yeah, yeah so. and which i guess on moose hunting what like i was like to pick people's brains what's your kind of do you have a call and specific call and strategy or sounds uh, you like more than others or? Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of scraping. Yeah. I mean, majority, it just echoes better. And mm-hmm. you know, like especially early season, I won't, I won't grunt really a whole lot. Yeah. You know, I might throw a cow call to see, like if you, if you spot a bull and you see him and say he's a ways off or whatever, I might throw a call out just to kind of see if it catches their interest. Mm-hmm. But scraping, I've found, has just been the ticket for me from where I'm at, you know. Yeah. I get hot and heavy. So I took a gallon Clorox milk jug, mm-hmm. cut the bottom out of it, and then taped it to, like, an axe handle, a wooden axe oh, handle. Oh, nice. And I just use that to Boy. scrape. And it pff, echoes like crazy. If you take your kid, you give it to your kid, just say, hey, go over there in the brush. Yeah. <laughs> just start beating it down, you know, wait 10 minutes yeah, and do it Yeah, it doesn't do matter it again, what you, know? you sound like. Yeah, they, Exactly. Uh, you know, give them something to do, and help you out. <laughs> and stuff like that will carry. I mean, I, it I does. know there's a, a guy I know, his kind of calling spot was, it's probably, probably the better part of four or five miles away from where we were. Yeah. And I could hear him raking crazy on right quiet yeah. on quiet evenings you know like yeah. i'm like man that's pretty impre- <laughs> impressive <laughs> yeah I, we got a, a guy a, a group of guys that i know that camp first there. you're like man that's a huge bull <laughs> then you walk in on him yeah. right he's in there scraping yeah. <laughs> damn it <laughs> yeah no i got a buddy who a buddy of mine that i know that he hunts past me where i moose hunt and uh cause i've been hunting out there now for 10 12 years now mm-hmm. same spot you know and uh pat and them they go out there way past me and i could hear them calling sometimes yeah and i just i know it's them because just the direction like yeah oh, well i'll just sit here and wait and you know i've actually seen moose come way off the ridge top on the other side come down and and go that direction and you're like man they were they had to be three or four miles yeah from them and they're on a line mm-hmm. you know, i know they're focused in on that and i'm like dang i should have started calling maybe they yeah. came this way well <laughs> in, in like the night you know the night friend and i think they ju- they just sometimes they'll not i mean not it's not like they're gonna run 10 miles you know right. they'll come slow but they can hear it from a long ways away i mean the 
like this year, the first night we were there, we, I mean, we called in a little bull like immediately and mm-hmm. let him go. But then that, at three o'clock the next morning, we got right. trail cam pictures of, of this, his paddles weren't really much, but it had just nasty brow tines, like six by seven, right. brow, like pitchfork brow tines. Her, you know, woke us up raking down the trail huh. and, uh, and it's just not, it just is, it's not a coincidence when, you know, the, I think it was the one, the night Frank killed his, we had three coming. It was, it was really windy that evening, but the morning was just dead calm. Right. And just called, called, and called, you yeah. know, so. Yeah. And I've noticed like, I mean, a lot of people, they'll, they'll call and get discouraged, right? Like they're, mm-hmm. they're calling and calling and then two, three hours they don't get a response and then they go back to camp and eat lunch and then come back for the evening sit and albeit there's a moose standing there right yep well they came to that call it just took them that long to yep. get there right or they're trying to really figure out and pinpoint where you're call- where you're coming from yeah calling but i generally when i call mostly it's in the evening i've had mm-hmm. the most luck you know the last couple hours of daylight call and getting because moose are moving a lot more than yeah getting kind of gear gearing up instead of winding down right they're they're on the move they're going to be moved they they move you know even two three four hours after dark goes down mm-hmm. and they're they're walking around doing their thing and then generally in the mornings they're just kind of mosey and eating moving but not not like they are in the evening yeah you know? and then afternoons good luck they're probably laying down whatever yeah resting up you know when they're not being chased by something yeah so evenings for sure it would be definitely more advantageous when you're calling mm-hmm. and I, like i said i like the scrape it's a it's a call anybody can do and but i i do use that fiberglass horn to, that everybody has to yeah to do my calling with you know, I cows like, or bulls yeah i like i was using that i don't it's different i feel like for for rate you know it's i like it for call and a project yeah. and i don't like it as much for for scraping. And for scraping. It yeah. doesn't seem like it's as loud as I would like or quite the right. sound that I would like. Not, you know, and it's it, funny because it there's like, pingy. like it, when you, when you really get going at it, it doesn't sound like a paddle. No. It's kind of pingy, making like a kind of weird noise. That's why I resort to that, that gallon jug. Yeah, that does sound like a. <laughs> it really does. And you don't have to like really, you can just sit there and just barely scrape on yeah. it. And it just really. The projects. effort for sound. Right. ratio is pretty good yeah, like yeah. The, the canoe paddle sounds good too especially if you can get like the right thickness and consistency of like the what tree, you're hitting yeah. like birch saplings or alder sap alder you know, bush, yeah. alders that are like the best kind of, part about the canoe too is if they're in close they, they think it's a paddle yeah so you can fool them you know what i mean well like, yeah that's what so, i did with frank's bulls <laughs> that's a great turn thing around to have, and you know? how close is he turn he's, around he's, he's standing enough. right there flip them paddles up and he just locked up his legs exactly and, start, and you get him to start start poking you yeah know, that dance they do that little waddle and uh, i've noticed that too like if you're in close calling you're gonna want something like that yeah a canoe paddle you can't beat it especially if you're river hunting like you guys like that you know if you're you're taking a boat in use the paddle it's just it's it's got multiple uses right oh yeah why would you carry another bucket or whatever else you know yeah but uh yeah for if you're in and generally when you're river hunting or whatever you're gonna be in closely because like you said you don't have the height advantage when you're up on a hilltop or a Mm -hmm. a ridge back and you're looking down into a valley like i do so I would use the paddle for sure because you can scrape with it, and if they come in close, which normally they will, then yeah. you can fool them a little, you know, give you a couple extra seconds or whatever before they get kind of figure out what you are. Yeah. Sometimes they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's a uh, definitely though. Yeah. No, that's yeah, it's 
it's there's a lot of like cool little tricks to the trade. I mean, I've seen yeah. guys do like I've seen videos of guys where taking a Clorox bottle and pulling rope like wet rope through it. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've seen that. Yeah, just weird. Or the stuff. old old metal coffee can with a shoelace yeah. in it. I've, yeah, just get it wet and rip. To make that little sound, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like you, you could probably call in a moose with just about anything. <laughs> Chainsaws, yeah. yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I had a moose come in and you're, when you're running. A I don't know if guys that think that they just they think that it's a cow moaning or what? It, you know. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of wah 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 kind of yeah. you know, get that kind of kind of sound going. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. one of the craziest moose I've ever killed is I was like twenty twenties. Driving to work, I had my bow. Oh, nice. And uh, I just, there was a couple spots that I always check on my way to work, and I pulled down this gravel road, and there's this moose standing in the water, this little dude, any bull area. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. So I called my boss. I was like, hey, probably going to be late to work today. I'm thinking I'm going to shoot this moose with my bow. And he's like, okay, no problem. If you need help, give me a call. Maybe I'll leave and come help you out. It's like, all right, this is all right. <laughs> and uh, I made a little call. <laughs> It was late season. That thing came right out of the slough, right nice. at me. I parked, you know, I I, I, I drove. Like, oh, I it's my that, lucky day. <laughs> yeah, I did that whole drive past it, park, yep. and walk back, and yep. then I got behind the only birch tree there was in between me and him and the slough, and I called, and he comes walking right at me, and he's doing that peg leg dance. I'm like, man, he is not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and he's closing that gap, and I'm like, we're at like 15 yards. This is the only moose I've ever shot with a bow. Yeah. So I was like, well, he's come in front on you know so i pull back and i'm like oh this is a bad this is getting bad like, <laughs> he gets right up to that tree and he starts scraping on that oh, tree man. and i'm like standing back and then trying to kind of you know walk side to side because he's moving left mm-hmm. and right and then he finally like backs up and lifts his head up and then he turns like he's gonna go so i snuck that arrow in right oh, between yeah. his neck and his shoulder yep and it buried to where all I could see was the knock. And I was like, okay. Money shot, yeah. Well, when he did that, he spun back around and charged right at the tree, hit oh, the tree. Man. And now I'm like, we're oh. doing, it took like two or three steps, but I was doing a circle yeah. around this birch tree as this damn moose is trying to get me. And then he, he ends up falling over. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> like, That's funny. That was one of the funniest moose hunts I've ever done. And then, I was, like I said, I was pretty young. But then my end up, my boss ended up coming or coming out and a coworker. We had, Got them all chopped nice. up, put them in the truck, and took them, took them back to the house. Took the rest of the day off. <laughs> yeah, I, I killed one uh, in my dad's backyard there in North Pole on Labor Day. Like he just having a Labor Day like kind of barbecue. It was a little chilly or something. We were all eating inside, and uh, <clears throat> someone, uh, oh, there's a moose in the yard. Turn around. As soon as I see antlers, I'm like running for his garage. And of course, I didn't have my bow, but he's got about. 18 recurves and just <laughs> gobs arrows laying everywhere and he's uh and he's like if you shoot that thing you better you're gonna clean it I'm like i don't care <laughs> you know right, somebody yeah. needs to shoot this thing he's gonna he's living on borrowed time in in that neighborhood but uh my dad had been noticing he had this old like three you know, probably have told this story before but he had this old 3d elk target that with no antlers that he'd bought yeah. from the local 3d club and or archery club and uh fixed it up it, it kept like recently had any had been seeing that bull around but it kept getting like knocked over moose tracks all o- around it right well by the time i like got a couple arrows with broadheads and or bow, <laughs> a bow strung 
and went out the back door. He's over there, like, rubbing his neck up on the neck, of, like, rubbing necks yeah. with that target. Talking sweet like, to it. Poor, <laughs> poor dude. <laughs> so I go, go walking over there, and I got to about, I got to, I mean, he was kind of, I'm trying to remember which way. I think he was had his ass towards me, and I, gr- I was, like, 11, 12 yards, and, I mean, I, I figured, ah, I got to get close because I'm not used to shooting this bow. And, right grunted at him and he like whips around all hackled up and like takes a couple steps towards me and of course everyone's watching they're like he's gonna get stomped (laughs) (laughs) right yeah and he finally i backed up a little bit and kind of did my best to act submissive however that would be but (laughs) i ended up having like same i had to like sidestep around to get a broad like he kept facing me i had to sidestep around him to get a broadside shot and Shot him and he ran up in the woods and tipped over. But uh, that's yeah. funny. It wasn't yeah. much of a hunt, but I yeah, <laughs> poor <know>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, decoyed him with the the old three D three D elk. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> he was trying to love up on your elk. <laughs> oh yeah, he was, and apparently it wasn't the first time he. <laughs> right, yeah, he's <laughs> just desperate, right? <laughs> couldn't get it. Yeah, cows were apparently hard to come by around there. But yeah. and generally you'll see that too, like that. If you see a bigger bull, there's within a couple hundred yards. There's going to be a smaller one too. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be just trying to outskirts on the edges, trying to sneak in, sneak in there when the big guy's not watching. Yep, you. yep. Seen that, yeah, yeah. A it, lot. it was cool this year. Yeah, this year seeing just the dynamics of what. And I'd hunted out there before, but this was the first like good stretch or had good weather. You know, pretty conducive yeah. weather and stuff like that. So it was cool. Yeah, to, this. This year, Moose Hunt had great weather. Yeah. Nothing, it, like, crazy. It wasn't really cold. cold no. We had a couple. Like, the first the first night we were out there, it was like, oh, this is going to be muddy. And it, and it, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't. Yeah. would have, like, liked for it to be a little, a little more, fro- A little more freeze at night is what yeah. I look for, for sure. But that's been less and less every year, it seems like. And especially now that, well, depending on where you're at, they cut the last five days off in that unit yeah. 20 there, so... Generally, I'll go the last 10 days of the season, you know, don't even go out there at the beginning because it's yeah. pretty hot, but now yeah. it's like, well, I got to go. And it seems like the, like, what's going on changes. Probably depends all on your area where, you know, yeah. where the bigger bulls are and because mm-hmm. when we were set, I mean, we saw a couple different bulls when we were setting her, maybe it was one bull, we, one little bull we could have shot when we were setting, right. just going to set up camp. Intentionally yeah. left the rifle in the boat because I'm like I'm not, <laughs> not gonna, shooting one. Not no, going to yeah. shoot one today. We're going to make a trip out of this, not a not a meat run. Yeah, yeah and that was yeah that was the goal, and it ended up work, working out beautifully. But <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's funny. Yeah, shooting stuff on the way in. I've done that before. I've shot a black bear on the way into Moose Camp. That the uh, an older guy that I hunt with, he generally we go in and just set up camp, and I usually carry a pistol mm-hmm. normally just for whatever in case you run into something. And I was like ah. I just, I don't even know what it was. I just like, oh, I'm going to bring my rifle this year, just in case. See a bear, whatever. We're going in, we, you know, we park and we're wheeling in and get around the corner and there's a calf moose carcass off the side of the trail. It's hmm. just stinking and I could, you know, see it or whatever. And, uh, I tell him, I was like, ah, there's probably a bear around here. Like there's, there's no way it looks yeah. like it's been eaten on whatever. And, uh, yeah, driving back around the corner, I come and look and see a bear drop off the trail come around the corner we just go blow past it get off and walk back look in the brush and the bear's just standing there 25 yards nice <laughs> shot it <laughs> 338 and a little black bear it was pretty good but generally 
that doesn't happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, right? There's a, yeah. there's a few people that it, it happens consistently, but I think, you know, those are probably the people that are, that's all they're hunting. That's yeah. the only way they hunt. And, well, and you got to be, yeah, and depending on the hunt, you got to be aware of what you're wanting to get. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like shooting a caribou two days into a sheep hunt type of deal. No, no, yeah, you got to be committed. That was just a, hey, I'm just going to bring yep. this just in case. And oh, what do you yeah. know? Fuck, it finally worked out one time in my life. But yeah. <laughs> happened to just Norm- have a yeah, rifle. Normally the rifle's insurance that stuff's not, something's not going to happen. Right, yeah, yeah. Figured just that one time and <laughs> I was wearing Crocs. Nice. <laughs> I shot a blackberry in my Croc today right off the, the side of the road. <laughs> no nice. problem. It's kind of nice. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you when. Uh, when did you start getting interested in sheep hunting? And well, uh, my first sheep hunt I ever went on was up in the Brooks Range. It was like 2010, mm-hmm. and I had no no experience ever sheep hunting. You know, just loaded up a bunch of stuff in my pack, and then ended up just hiking off the road, going yep. north side, hiking in. God, man, we must have hiked in 13 miles or something like that. Terrible, crappy gear, no boots. You know, I was yeah. just a whatever. It was a good trip, man. I had a great time. We had terrible weather. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's every sheep hunt, right? You're gonna get a mix of that. Uh, saw a lot of rams, and and honestly, they were legal. I didn't know any different. Yeah, like, and I was like, eh, maybe, like, maybe we should shoot one. I, but that's better. Yeah, I mean, that's, no, I don't think I'm gonna shoot one because yeah. I wasn't sure. You know, I was yeah, like, never done it before. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And neither did my partner. His first time ever going to nah. And uh, so we spent six, seven days out there and. Got rained on, snowed on, froze, water bottles yeah. <laughs> freezing at night. You know, the the, the whole gambit of yeah. what you would expect. And uh, it was late August, too. Mm-hmm. And had a great time, got lots of good pictures, hiked a lot of miles. Like I said, I think we were 14 miles in before we even set up the tent the first time. And then found a pretty good draw that was not terrible walking, but areas were pretty bad. You know, getting yeah. in and out. That tundra is just awful bits of it is like walking on a trampoline you know so we got through all that and like i said we saw i think we saw probably 30 30 plus sheep 30 40 and like eight or nine of them were rams mm-hmm. you know small groups and two of them were together and they were way up high kind of under a glacier and i'm like kept looking at them man and then we get closer and closer we were like 200 yards from them too yeah. so it's like I think they're legal. Like, I kept saying that to him. I'm like, it's the same friend that shot the moose on the Rex Trail. Like, oh, yeah. I think they're legal. I don't know if they are. All right, what do you think? I don't know. Uh, well, let's not shoot one, right? Yeah. That's the thing you do, right? So that kind of solidified it for me. I just love, at that point, I love being in the mountains. It's yeah. just different, right? Mm-hmm. Every hunt is different. Everyone has a different aspect. But just being out there with nothing but yourself is like, to me, that was like, that's what drew me in. Yeah. So ever since then, I started going, and then a couple of years into that, I I met a guy through my wife, who's a teacher. Her her husband, um, my wife's, uh, excuse me, my wife's mentor when she was going through the teaching program. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband was a registered guide outfitter, and we'd go over there for dinner and just talking to him and stuff. He's like, "Yeah, you should come out and work for me. Try it out. See nice. if you like it." So I finally took him up on took took him up on his offer, and then I went out on a bunch of hunts with him, caribou, sheep, bear, the whole nine yards, and just seeing the whole yeah. that whole side of it, right? And that's where I got more involved and saw the the world of sheep hunting and bear hunting, right? And saw sheep coming in, went out on a few successful hunts and that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got to get my own. Like, uh, so I kind of I did enough to 
where I was licensed and everything and, and had a good time and took mm-hmm. some clients out and, you know, met some really cool people and had some good times. And I was like, yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to go hunting now. And at the same time, my kids were getting old enough to where I wanted to take them to. So then the following year after that, I took my buddy Greg. We went out sheep hunting and we went into the Wrangles, just the standard, you know, wheel in, hike in type thing. A couple of days before the opener and found a couple of rams. And I'm like, yeah, that one's legal. That one's for sure. We'll mm-hmm. get that one. And then we pushed past there. Just we were two days before the opener. We were yeah. there way early, you know, which is what you should do, right? And found some more. And I'm like, well, let's make a play and then see if we can double up. Well, we ended up doubling up nice. that year, and that that was at the point where it was like, yep, <laughs> you know, just from there on, it's like it's a lifestyle now. It's oh still yeah, every year. Yeah. Took my daughter this year. That was fun. Didn't yeah. end up getting a ram, but she didn't. Uh, she didn't quit on me. Nice. The That's weather. awesome. 10-year-old out there in the middle of the weather. We had some terrible weather yeah, this year. You can, yeah, you can get some bad, <laughs> some super bum weather. And, I mean, it like it makes grown men throw in the towel, you know. It's, so it's, that's cool. I mean, yeah, just having a positive experience is the most, yeah. important, most important thing. But, yeah, it's. Yeah. It's hard to, yeah, once you start getting into, especially starting like you did, like it's, I mean, part of the fun and what you always learn and stuff. Yeah. Every time, you know, but I, I can sympathize. I mean, I had some good information on kind of how to go about it when I got kicked off into it, but similar thing, just going like base, the basic shit I could afford and borrow and (laughs) stuff like that. And just, it ended up, you know, ended up working out the first hunt for me. And then, yeah, I was hooked up but i remember i mean it was that that ram i was sat like 200 yards from for 30 Just minutes glass, looking man. at him like oh i'm pretty sure he is and it's it's better to be overly cautious than overly cavalier about it yeah yeah that that uh like i said looking back on that first sheep hunt now looking at multiple rams and being on multiple taken ones it's like yeah i messed up yeah <laughs> those, were, those were legal you know, definitely could have pulled the trigger and been fine. But but that's just part of learning, right? That's just oh, part yeah. of what you do out there. You know? Yeah. And there's better there's better resources now, yeah. I think, than you know, for sure. I mean, than even six or seven, I don't know how long that that booklet that Fish and Game came out with. Yeah, it's been a few years now. A few years now. Years, something like that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've talked, I've talked about that too, but it, it clarified a lot of things that were always questions right because remember it always used to be just like one little like half page in the reg or little quarter yeah, page you got diagram this, you got the in the picture with book. the crosshairs in it so now you're out in the field trying to replicate that i mean i never yeah did, but somebody was probably like trying to hold a crosshair like i don't yeah, know well, and there's just yeah there's a lot of factors that <clears throat> you know it's like oh well you hear this stick test thing and well what is that really a legit thing or yeah you know and you, you get different like Depending on who you got, they're going to judge it differently, and it's you're, still it's, right. Yeah, and then they're going to call a, somebody else in the room, and you're like, yeah. "Oh no! Like, is this wrong? I've seen that a couple times." Yeah. The second guy's like, "No, that's good. It's legal." I was like, "Oh, jeez." Yeah, that, that's kind of get hairy, right? Oh, it makes you wonder. Yeah, it, I mean, I still get nervous. Yeah. I still get Isn't nervous walking up to sheep. That's even weird. even one, you know, like this this broomed one. When I you know when I shot him, I knew it was the right sheep, and. Mm-hmm. You know, hundred percent, hundred ten percent. That's one of the few that's like there's not even a not a doubt, fathom yeah. of doubt no, that no the question. sheep that the sheep you want. <laughs> but then you start asking, like, wondering, ah, oh, 
did I did something happen and I shoot the wrong? Did I really it, shoot the right? Is one? it broomed enough? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been There's, an issue. I mean, I I've know guys that. that have been like you know with the, when they they fiddle with like the definitions of yeah. broomed and broken and uh, and all this and you know guys be like oh well you know I mean well that that one right there was my second cheap and. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, I'm like, he, he is broomed, right? You know, and it's like, I've, right, yeah. They break and also and broom in all sort of different manners, and some of them are, some of them are broomed, and they don't even really look like they're broomed. right. They're just rounded off because they broomed them, and then yeah. they rounded them by rubbing them on yeah. shit stuff. So it, it, it could appear like, oh well, maybe yeah. there's a part of the lamp <laughs> tip there, maybe not. Like, how do you? Really, yeah, really which know? I think that too, they've gotten better about defining because I think it now it's like. <clears throat> the whole lamp tip has to be gone or something right, like yeah. that. Right, yeah. I think so. That's, I think that's what they change it to. Yeah, because yeah, even some of them that aren't really, like, I've got one that's not really broomed, but he's, you can tell he was rubbing his horn tip. Like right. He, and I'd seen him rubbing horn tips on rocks, you know. Yeah. I don't know what the heck he was doing, but. Yeah. They're but sheep, you know. Getting beating <laughs> his vision, maybe. Yeah, I think I think some of them break break off I think because so. of that. They don't yeah. like it, for sure, for sure. You know, it's yeah. Some of them will break both sides. Some will break one side. Yeah, yeah. The I other, don't discriminate. I like the, them all. <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah. The the other one that we ended up doubling up on one with my buddy. He his was was one side broke, one side not. Yeah, yeah. Sure, mine wasn't. Mine was had both sides. It was, yeah, it was a tight twister, but it was definitely legal for nice. sure. And that was a. It was a typical sheep hunt, right? It was a painstaking day. We ended up, we put him to bed. We put mine to bed, and then his was actually, it was kind of neat. It was like right across the, the same drainage on the other side mm-hmm. in the valley. We put him to bed, too, and it was like, all right, let's get up at like three. So they're two different groups of. Two different groups, okay. yeah. With uh, And, I, and I, I, there was another one in the group with mine that was that was legal, yeah. too. And I kept telling you know, and come both. <laughs> it was Greg's first sheep hunt. I'm like, you know, and I and and I had more experience with a buddy of mine. I was I was with him when he took his sheep, took a yeah. couple of sheep, and then up north, you know, in the Brooks Range, when I was doing a little bit of guidance, seeing all the sheep coming in and going mm-hmm. out with them guys and doing that kind of stuff. And I was like, that one's legal too. Like, there's two for sure. I was like, I said you could shoot the one that I was that I ended up shooting. I was like, you shoot that one, I'll shoot the other one, be fine. And I was, like, I'm 100 percent confident. But I was like, but. If you're not, don't shoot. Like that's yeah. you. That's your decision, yeah. right? That's what. That's the way you should be. So we got up in the morning, and and uh, he was like, "Well, you you put all the time and effort into this. Like you, you're the first shooter. I'm not going to shoot the shoot the first yeah. shot." I was like, "Okay." Well, I was like, "Well, do you do you want to shoot that one or or that one?" He's like, "No, you just take yours." I was like, "Okay, that I get it. All right." So then. See no uh, more. <laughs> all right. I'm, I've been waiting long enough. It's my turn. Like, okay, you know, this is the sixth one I've been on. This would be the sixth sheep that yeah. I've been on taken. It's my first that I pulled the yeah. trigger on. It's like, it's about time, right? Yeah. Like, this is for me. So, yeah, we uh, we got up super early in the dark, and I in just enough daylight, you could see make out the body shapes on mm-hmm. the side of the mountain. I'm like, okay, they're still there. Let's make our way across and get up above them before daylight. And we did. It worked. It was perfect. You know, they didn't get up, and then daylight started breaking over the top. Sun started coming up. They got up. They actually walked right to us. Oh, nice. Came below us. It was like 86 yards or something like that. I shot him, and he fell. And then the other three did what a tip, which you wouldn't think they would do. They just kind of looked at him and then turned and then went right back, right across from us, like 150 huh. yards. And I'm looking at that other one, and I'm like, got enough time. We put yep. the spot and scope on him, and... 
And I'm like, look at him, dude. Check him out. He's legal. He's looking in the spots. Mm-hmm. Look at him. Look at him. And I could see it two or three different angles. Full yep. curl, full curl, full curl. And he's like, I don't know. I was like, well, again, it's your decision. Don't shoot him. Well, we know there's another legal one over there that we're both sure is legal. One yeah. Broomed one side and then completely full the other side for sure. We'll go after him next, you know. And uh, we passed. And I was like, man. I know he's legal. (laughs) The bummer, right? Could have been done, but, but hey, it's part of the adventure. So we got mine all taken care of, quartered up. We ended up hiking everything down to the creek. We had a glacier fed creek in the bottom that was super cold. So I I always bring a black diamond teepee tent Mm -hmm. and I kind of made like a meat cache, so to speak, over the creek. And we put uh, sticks and, and brush and melt and then put the meat on top of that. Oh, nice to to use that air. Yeah. Let the water flow underneath of it to let the cool air flow yeah. and keep the sun off of it and, it and it worked really well and we ended up going after his sheep and that was an all-day affair yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we thought it was like a couple miles we ended up so what had happened was after we moved down the, my group of rams met up with his group of rams and pushed up and over to the next drainage back mm-hmm. behind and then when we ended up catching them over, over to him he was they were like eight miles past where oh, we were <laughs> where we were anticipating catching up to him but <laughs> Finally caught up to him on the other side, and he ended up getting a good shot on him and took him. And it was like 8 o'clock at night. I was like, all right. It's going to be a long one. It's like, we got to get up and over that saddle before dark. Oh, man. <laughs> Otherwise, we're kind of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we broke him down real quick and got him in the pack and ended up hitting that saddle right at like 1130. Oh, right as man. it was just pitch black. Headlamps down. I was like, okay, we know where we're at now. We're in the... We're in, the the right home, we're in the home yeah. stretch. The tent's down there. Let's go. Oh, man. Ended up making it down. And yeah, that was a all-nighter. You know you know how they go. So it was like one in the morning. We had dinner. and Oh, that ain't too bad. No. Got, you know, got, we threw his sheep and everything off where my tent was, which mm-hmm. was like a mile before, before the camp. Okay, yeah. So we dropped it all off, set them all up, and then made our way back to the tent and had a drink. And that feels good, man. Ate a hot, <laughs> ate a hot meal, <laughs> slept in, woke up at 7.30 and... It's like, well, we can pack out the gear first or the meat first. Like, what do you want to do? So we went up and got all the meat and yeah. sheep and packed them all the way down to the wheelers. And That's then a smart way to came, do it. It was like, so it was a mile above camp to get the meat. And then from the meat to the wheeler was eight miles. Yeah. And then come back seven, yeah. get the gear and, the, you know, the shuttle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then back down into the drainage. But, you know, we were happy as could be. We both got our first sheep, right? That's, yeah. That's what you live for. That's what it's all about. Shoot, so. yeah, man. No, it's, there's no way to cheat the system. Believe no. me, I've tried, I've, <laughs> I've tried to come up with a way, you know, like it's, what we did this last year was did kind of shorter leapfrogs. Yeah. Like we'd, what did we do? We got... The meat, uh, the first day we were packing out, I think we got delayed, like weather delayed a little bit in getting started, but like got the meat to a spot, came back, got, I'm mixing up which trip, because I I think one day we got the meat, you know, it was however far, it it wasn't very far, but kind of tough, like straight up, straight down, straight up, a lot of up and down ridge running. Um, You know, we'd ferry, got our meat and gear to the next spot we could get water and camp right and then that then the next day was a long day like got got up early and packed meat up this one we call it like the hill from hell it's just awful (laughs) man just horrible it's like over it's well over uh, well over i don't know i'm just pulling numbers out my ass but i think it's somewhere like 
twelve to fifteen hundred feet just like vertical. Straight. Yeah. And there's a couple <laughs> steps in there, but like straight up. Yeah. You know, little knob, turn, straight up, knob, straight up. <laughs> And then down, you know, way over down. Basically, you're going over one big-ass mountain down to the next big saddle right. and then hoofed it back empty and, like, just laid there and took a nap for a while, packed up gear, and then just <laughs> got, well, like a mile and a half beyond the meat and then just came back and got the meat the next morning. Yeah. But there's no, you either you do it all in one shot or you do small trips, Some whatever shadows. whatever makes you feel good, I guess. But And I think they're equally as bad. Like, they are equally they as are. bad. Like if you put you know, what what do you what do you think a pack with your full camp and a sheep? If you have two sheep, two guys Oh over a hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean you're gonna carry that for one fifteen, one twenty. Like, I've done it and it's stupid. It's, it's foolish. Kills you. you know? <laughs> it does it kills it's, you. And it's kinda crazy how you would if you did it in one trip, how Harder that is on you than if you did it in two. Oh, I tell you how harder right? it it's is on you because my toes are still jacked up from <laughs> that sheep doing the same. I killed You're him. Right. I killed him basically in the same spot. Yeah, eleven or twelve years before, young dumb. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't a matter of the gear really, but I had a lot heavier. Gear. I mean, it was just an absurd pack. And right. like, I had like six or seven Nalgene's, you know, like rather than just, <laughs> uh, just a dumb ass, man. I mean, just I'm carrying just, four gallons of water. Four ga- <laughs> well, and, and we, there was time, I mean, times hunting some of this country, you got to carry a lot of water, but yeah. there's better yeah. ways to do it than like six or seven Nalgene. I don't even bring one Nalgene now. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, I did, we did, me and a buddy, we killed, cause we killed two rams in there and packed them and camp back in 14 hours one day Oof. and i mean in my toe i i mean that was 2006 so and my toes still like my feet are still jacked up from it oh yeah for sure for sure yeah that that same trip where we doubled there was no water on the other side back oh home. man and we of course we on the way in we drank all our water yeah <laughs> of course so it's like huh I can't wait to get to that creek. <laughs> I've become pretty you know? par- I've become pretty paranoid about that. Like you know, yeah. some spots I've hunted like up in the brooks, you could you could you get yeah. pretty spoiled. You know, you just carry two water bottles or maybe three water bottles. Anywhere. You can fill up anywhere. anywhere. You know, yeah. you're rarely you're doing most of your walking in the bottoms mm-hmm. where you can yeah. see. You know, you're just not away from water that much. And, and that's that was that's the majority of my sheep hunting yeah. references is the brook. So there's water is just, it's just not something you really yeah. think about. And then you go to some of these other areas and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> it's, depend- some some, sometimes it's depending on the year, man. I mean, or sometimes it's easy to find water mm-hmm. up high in different spots. Sometimes it's not, but it's, I've become kind of paranoid about yeah, so that about that, like I literally everywhere cheap hunt I go, I'll bring three. I just you get like those cheap Powerade bottles, mm-hmm. yep. And uh, because they're I've never broke one, they're they don't weigh anything, and they're right. like t- you know, get two of them for three bucks or whatever, yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, leave them full of Gatorade, you got yep, a nice, <laughs> nice drink on the way yep. in, or the first time you use it, or whatever, yep, and then just reuse them. Yeah. That's the truth, and then I'll bring just like platypus, yeah, yeah, so like pouches. That that same year though, like wouldn't when we were back there, I could hear the water running under the ground. Oh, that's and I'm frustrating. Like, and so we're you know kind of walking up little 
creek drainages, like it's super dry. Like, yeah. Man, how deep? So I started kicking rocks over, thinking maybe a puddle will form. <laughs> then I ended up digging. It's like, okay, well, I'm wasting time. We got to go. Yeah. I know where there's water. Screw this. Let's <laughs> let's keep the eye on the prize and get over that ridge so we can get to that creek because there's, you know, it was pretty bad. We were we were eating cough drops, trying to keep our mouths oh, elevated. Man. Oh, that's because that's all I had in my yeah. pack was like. You know, a few things, you know, well, I had, we ate all our food and, you know, the whole nine yards. It's like, woof. But a cough drop don't taste the same still. <laughs> no. No. I don't think I've had one since. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Yeah, right. they, uh. <laughs> I liked, I ended up liking Jolly Ranchers on that trip. I've never liked a Jolly Rancher. And then he, and he had a bunch of them. And he's like, here, have some of these. It'll keep your mouth wet while you're walking. I was like, okay. <laughs> It actually did good, <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, I never really liked sour apple anything. And yeah, I'm loving this. <laughs> no, I got a I got a similar story with wasabi peas. Um, I never liked anything wasabi. Well, in fact, when I was a kid growing up, our parents would get like Christmas stockings. They'd mm-hmm. stick all kinds of like stuff and like I like pistachios, and they'd right, yeah. stick pistachios. And I was like in too much of a hurry, or it was three o'clock in the morning. I got up. One, you know, digging through my stocking because that's what our Christmas deal was. We could open it, we could get in our stockings Christmas morning, but had to wait till parents got up. To right. Anyway, so I rip open this can. I thought it was pistachios. Throw throw a handful <laughs> in. It was wasabi peas. A little bit of horseradish. Oh <laughs> man, I was crying, tears running out. Which the other, yeah, another like horseradish embarrassing, embarrassing story was. Uh, I was, I think I was working. I was working for my uncle in his office at the time. And uh, office Christmas party, they had it at the Turtle Club every year. Yeah. So we go in there. I was probably like 18, 19, and, <laughs> you know, big old prime rib and everything. And, you know, they come with a baked potato. And it's been a while since I've been in there, but it was always kind of like dim lit, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's and, still pretty dark, yeah. And awesome prime rib. And my baked potato, sitting next to my baked potato is a little, uh, a little tub thing of what I thought was, was butter. Cream? Was oh, butter. butter. <laughs> so I just slop that all over my baked potato. I take a big ass Forehead. bite, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Is the tears just start, start sweating? Yeah. yeah, that was bad. But wasabi peas, I, I mean, I hated them, yeah. and or anything wasabi, you know. And then uh, it wasn't the peas specifically, but I went goat hunting in the Chugach with my buddy uh, Steve Hollenbeck, and we ended up basically spending most of a week in a tent on a yeah. glacier. Like on the ice, just huddled in the tent, and he had brought a big bag. We don't, and we had already. It was right after, like three days after we got back from a fourteen-day sheep hunt. We went goat hunting, and uh, just enough time to dump all your shit yeah. out and repack it, basically, and got landed in there. Nowhere to camp, but on the ice, it was uh, it was not really a very pleasant experience. I got right, a, yeah. I got a nice goat, but. Um, <laughs> There's like we, a cutout of your body shape melted in oh, the it, it where you were lit, sleeping. Oh, it was pretty bad, really. And yeah. by that was the first time I ever got, dipped into my like my stash of prescription pain medication. <laughs> this I had got for Just to get by. <laughs> well, I had got I had got a prescription for I had got shingles oh, like damn. early in that spring or something like that, and got a prescri- uh, prescription. I think it was like hydrocodone or something. Um, in case yeah. I like broke out in the rash and I never did. So I just kept it in my first aid kit in case I twisted an ankle bad right, or something. Yeah. But, uh, after like five or six days laying there, like the ice melts out from underneath yeah. you. And I, it was before my air pad days and everything. I don't know how I did it, but then I got, finally got so bad where there was no position I could lay in that I wasn't in pain 
I bet, yeah. Iceberg. Sleeping iceberg, iceberg, literally, yeah. And, and, and Steve's like, take a couple of them hydrocodone, you know? And I'm like all nervous, like, ah, should I really? And, you know, he had had a bunch of ankle surgeries and stuff like that, so he had, yeah. it's like not going to. I'm like, oh, is it going to get me high? <laughs> you know, I don't know. But, yeah, to, so I'm like, all right, well, took a couple of those, and uh, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm not advocating for the irresponsible use of pain medication, but right, I, right. I was hurting, and, yeah, 15 minutes later, I was sitting there, I was drooling. But that was a rough trip. I um, bet, yeah. But I keep sidetrack i keep digressing <laughs> but he had brought we ate like a huge block of cheese that he had brought like we didn't eat most of our regular food because you just don't get you just get a snack and appetite when you're mm-hmm. just sitting in the tent and he had brought a big bag of those like hawaii wasabi chips yeah and i'll be damned i started liking wasabi after that trip <laughs> a couple miserable days in a tent right Let's see what yep. you like when you come yeah, out yeah i'll try those and then ever since <clears> like <throat> that was that was the moment i started liking them that was weird kind of irrelevant ultimately <laughs> but <laughs> but oh, yeah. your jolly rancher story reminded me of that yeah man. dude i i've never been a jolly rancher or anything sour apple like you know suckers or whatever so, like see people love those things like so i don't yeah. yeah, but that trip I was like, yep, yeah, these are pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're working, you know, keeping me going. So oh, I'm a man. fan now for sure. It's funny how you get so like so drained sometimes that anything as yeah. simple as that you can just you could feel like the little boost you get. Yeah, from it just kind of keeps your mind going instead yep. of dreading on the the suck. It kind of just pushes you through it a little bit. Yep, <laughs> for sure. Oh, that kind of that kind of stuff is so much fun. Yeah, I look forward to it. I try to. I don't know. There's a lot. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it's hard to, easy to start talking about spring and fall, stuff like that. But man, there's still so much fun left to do. Oh, Are man. you trapping it all this year? No, no. Since I had my knee problem. Oh, that's I'm right. Not, yeah, that's right. I'm, yeah. I've been pretty dormant. I'm just kind of hanging out with the family, doing the, doing the kid thing. Yeah. You can keep me posted kid. on how it goes so we can keep Dr. Schultz like, cause he's, yeah, he's yeah. ACL. Well, I, I remember there that one time he was talking about that squeaky knee brace he has. So oh yeah, that's what I'm. That's my life now. I'm kind of yeah. relegated to that squeaky knee brace. I'm have to bring some some oil or something. Yeah, <laughs> keep it going. But but yeah, yeah, that that that's no joke, man. That ACL stuff. What yeah. did you do to to destroy it? If I so, if you don't mind me asking. No, so uh, snow machining, snow machining so, out at Summit, thinking I'm young and dumb and hanging out with my friends and. <laughs> I uh, was climbing and hit a snow drift, and the snow machine went one way, and my leg went the other, Oof. and yeah, just popped her right there. So. Oh, man. We're pretty fragile, oh, man. Oh, man, you really are. <laughs> and then the things they can do, those doctors and stuff, it's kind of nuts. You know? Oh, yeah. They showed me the, they videoed the whole thing, you know, the whole surgery, the ACL reconstruction, and showed me the video, and I was like, ah, I'm good. I don't want to watch that. Like, that's my leg? That's, <laughs> no, dude. Yeah. I'm good. Let's just get past this. I'm like know? that, too. You know, like, I could, and it was funny because um, buddy Jeremy, who was on the podcast a few episodes ago, his wife's a doctor, and, you know, talking, talk, I'm trying to explain, like, man, like, I can, you, give me an animal. Like, I can yeah. slice and dice, doesn't bother me, the stinkiest ass wolf, you know. Yeah, Do, doesn't bother me a lick, but man, I don't. 
I'm you know, you do way, what man. you can do, but I get the heebie-jeebies thinking like, yeah, I don't really need to be involved in. I'm, I'm the same way. Even I mean, I'm have got who knows what kind of shots, you know, being mm-hmm. my career that I'm in. It's just everything yeah. that they can imagine they've given me, and I don't even like getting a flu shot. Like, oh, I go in there, walk in there, and it's like, oh, you're gonna poke me again? This is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but oh yeah, I'm the same way. I'll, I'll cut skin anything, but when it comes to myself or even. You know, my little, my kids, it makes me feel bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> Taking them in to get them shots and all that. It's like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Like, but Yeah. That is what it is, right? So. Yeah, it kind of is. I don't know what's, what's funny. I don't know. It doesn't bother me too much, but I would rather not Yeah, I'm the same it. way. Like, I don't want to do it, like, if it's not necessary. Like, you know. Who knows? Like, I'm not, like, all excited. Oh, I'll practice, like, draw, drawing blood on myself yeah. if that was something I did, you know. That would be interesting. I don't know. It's like, yeah. And there's, well, there's some people just terrified of needles. Yeah. But got tattoos every. It, it's just a different right, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not scared of them. I just don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't want to get shots. Like, yeah. Something, something. And I and I have tattoos. So it's, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of. The, I'm one of those. Probably, like, yeah. Uh, but it's like a gear. You know, it's not. It's not the pain thing. It's just a weird mental. Yeah. Phenomenon. I mean, I can get blood drawn, whatever. What do they call that? That white coat syndrome where people white. are super scared to go to like the dentist or a doctor. Oh, yeah. I think they call that that anxiety that builds up in you. Even even if it's just like a normal checkup, you still go and your blood pressure is higher than what it oh, would yeah. normally, right? Just because yeah, you're psyching totally. yourself out. Yeah, it's but. like uh, what the, yeah, last time I went to the doctor, he told me I was obese. We all are. Me yeah. too. <laughs> they tell me every year. I am too. Still you realize all, you're kind of obese. Still yeah. do all the fit stuff. Yes, I do. Yeah. Still do all the same stuff. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty funny. That what that meme that was floating around a while back. It's like it's like a Futurama, one of those cartoon cl- like just a screenshot of the guy. It's like, did the doctor say I was obese or a beast? <laughs> <laughs> obese, yeah, yeah, obese. There we go. That's the new one. I'm obese, not obese. <laughs> yeah, but uh. Oh, one of before I forget. Did you did you see you saw the thing the um well I see you pipe up occasionally on yeah on Facebook stuff like that and it's it's good to stay like informed to this old the yeah, my, the old my, prop one sixty three for the game the, board game which who knows I heard that a lot of the meetings got even postponed like COVID stuff postponed meetings till next year so it's mm-hmm. not like it's an imminent thing anyway. Yeah, that's the the ethical. Punch yeah. your tag if you pull the trigger. Yeah, bill. it's uh, which I printed out, but um, it, yeah, I kind of I kind of skimmed through it, but it's one of those ones where how are you going to regulate morals? Well, that's right? yeah, that's like, the thing, and I like because someone had posted a guy had posted just like FYI or whatever about this reg that it was like Matsu advisory committee. Yeah, basic like the run the skinny of the laws like to basically. St- statewide all i don't know small game but all all big game say statewide all big game like if you cut hide on animal you have to cut your tag or it counts against your bag limit right and the second upon attempting to take a big game animal says the hunter's obligated to inspect the surrounding area in which the animal was standing to determine if the animal was wounded um and a person must use every lawful means at their disposal to bag a wounded animal while it's in danger of escaping. Well, aren't they already regulated to do that anyways? Like if you, yeah. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like yeah. well, you're it, already obligated up, to investigate whether you yeah. wounded an animal well, or not. My right? response kind of got, well, kind of got, not say out of hand, 
more escalated than I thought it would. Right, like, yeah. I was kind of surprised all, like, some, you know, the amount of people that were like, oh, yeah, that needs to be, you know, that were all for making that a lot. My initial reaction is like, oh, no, like, not, yeah. not for yeah. making that a law. Well, how do you, how do you regulate ethics? That's what that law does. Like, it's not a, it's not a law that's going to be impactful. You know what I mean? Like, no, yeah. The and, type of hunters that. And people will say, oh, well, aren't all game laws to, aren't a lot of these laws, you know, made for, for regulating ethics? Um, well, and I guess my, like my main, my main reason for being against it, against making it universe, I say universally applicable or like a universal law. I can understand if what, it, what, what matters as far as like legally, I is in my opinion is is it impact is wounding loss impacting the population right. or the harvest data, you know the harvest goals for right certain areas for a, per, or a particular <clears throat> hunt or like is statewide is wounding loss across the board so big that we need to do this to like stymie yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, you know some areas are already like that for like blacks and brown bears and. I think elk on yep. a fognac, you know, that way some stuff is like that, but, um, like what's wrong with taking it on a case by case where it's like, if, if the situations for that particular hunt, like, eh, you might have a little bit higher wounding rate. So mm-hmm. you want to do it for a particular hunt. I can understand. Or if people are pissed that you get a bunch of idiots, just like winging at caribou, yeah, like 40 mile, and 40 mile or yeah. Nelchina. I could see certain instances where, you, you know, where it would be beneficial. Yeah, but, I could, I could totally get with that, not. but universally, it's it's freaking. <clears throat> I don't know. I see it as totally. I almost wish you dis it like we're totally for it because it, it's you know not to just have one sided like just <laughs> slam fest. No, I mean I'm like I get it. Like there's I generally I like to think that most hunters are gonna be that person anyways. Like yeah. if I if I took somebody out or I went out and shot something and I knew I hit it. And I found blood, I found fur, but I never found the animal. Like, yeah. generally, I would feel like a lot of hunters would probably already call it quits at that point. Like, okay, yeah, I or, know I killed this animal, so I'm not going to hunt this Yeah, hunt and I guess, I guess in my but, opinion, it kind of, like, there's just <clears throat> every, like, you got to take it situation by situation. I could yeah. see, and it dep- a lot of it, what it boils, like, the ethics is, like, what the way, I mean, whatever, whatever my opinion's worth like a person's intentions, right? Situ- yeah. like variables of a situation and what a person does to like recover a wounded animal or figure out if it's not, not necessarily a lethal or like, right. easily, like a you know, threatening, yeah. a realistically recover- recoverable animal, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like there's situations I could see where if a person, you know, just like did their best to, you know, not every... I think it's probably more the exception than the rule. People just taking fool, like just like winging animals because they oh well because I don't have to cut my tag if I wound it, so I don't care. I don't think that's the general. I think that's the right. very generally the rare exception that may be a higher percentage in like forty mile stuff. But yeah. you know, if a person, I mean, some, I mean, it's happened to me. Sometimes shit just happens mm-hmm. despite your best efforts. It's a dynamic situation. I mean. Sometimes yeah, I mean, you sometimes you don't even know what went, went wrong, and you might have thought you shot an animal good and you didn't. And well, I mean, sometimes like, you make mistakes, but if you're you know and you genuinely you genuinely <clears throat> do your best, <clears throat> man, got the COVID or something. 
genuinely do your best to like do whatever you can to like recover that animal if it's possible, you know, like, yeah, then I don't necessarily have a problem. Yeah, There's a lot of situations where. Where I could, I, I, I understand where the sentiment and where it's coming from. And mm. there's a lot of situations where, you know, I could be like, yeah, I should probably just cut my tag and, and call it at that. Right. There's some shit situations where I don't think that's necessarily a moral obligation. You know, it's like right. I, you know, shit happened and it's not like you just forget about it and move on. You still are. No, I mean, like if you, like, <clears throat> it's happened to me. I've, so like I've, I've, uh, I've shot like in Guam, I was TDY yeah. Guam hunting with pigs and stuff like that and i shot a pig and i knew i hit it but yeah. it ran off i could never find it even that like pigs a little different like mm. an animal species you know like okay there's that's not going to be detrimental to the population of that animal yeah. whatsoever yeah but as a hunter i felt terrible like mm. i was like man i really want to recover this animal because why would i just shoot something and then let it run off yeah right so like i stopped hunting for like four or five days Still looking for the one I knew. Yeah. Even if I found it, it's not worth yeah. anything because, you know, it is what it is. We ended up finding it later. Yeah. And I did kill it, and it just, what had happened is I shot it with a bow, mm -hmm. and it tore off running, and it when it died, it, like, power slid oh. underneath all the jungle brush. Oh, I see. And, like, buried itself up underneath into the brush, and, man, we must have walked past it two or three times at least. Yeah. And then I finally got to stinking so bad I found it. <laughs> but, yeah. but anyways, yeah. But inevitably, no matter if you're in the woods long enough, you're going to encounter an experience where you probably have a situation like that. Like, you, oh, yeah. you know, you have all the best intentions to recover the animal. And, and I don't feel like regulating ethics and morals is something that needs to be had because it should be self-regulating. Well, like, you know what I mean? At like, a certain point, like you, you stop, you it. still, it, it, there's gotta be a certain point in the spectrum where you still need to be free to make an ethical choice. Otherwise, right. it's, otherwise it's not a choice and you're not yeah. free. And like yeah. a lot, like generally, like it's a good sounding well, and then, idea and good principle, but like, okay, so you make this law. So who's enforcing you, it? Like, how many times and, have you seen a wildlife trooper or anything out? Yeah, where and you're I at, mean, proponent right? and like, like people pushing for it, be like, well, well, we have a lot of unenforceable laws. Well, oh, okay, but I, like, I just don't think this law would do in would do what people would in mm -mm. the intention. And does the ends even justify the means of doing it? You know, you would have to by by this law, like even if you clearly saw you missed something you still are legally obligated to go over right, there yeah. and look, which that's kind of second, that's kind of secondary to it. I don't know. I just, I don't think it's as clear cut as like more like no, some people no. will argue like, Oh, no matter what, if you cut skin, like cut skin on animal, like yeah, you're automatically tag. like should ethically quit hunting. I don't yeah. think it's, I just don't agree with that. And I don't think it's, I don't think, I think mm -hmm. you can still be responsible for your actions. It's just what, you know, what that responsibility is to like fulfill towards the animal, you know, all a person, everybody's human and all a person can do is like their very best, you know, you can go down all sorts of rabbit holes, you know, if, and you know, I'd, people or you know, some people arguing for it or like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's made to make people think about the shots they take and yeah. take more careful shots. Well, we can, why don't we make a law that says, uh, every hunter in Alaska has to pass a semi-annual once every six months 
proficiency shooting yeah, test shooting range, yeah. if you're going to yeah. hunt or why don't we make it you lose your hunting license for a year if you shoot at a big game animal over 100 yards you know it's like where right, those are yeah. absurd obviously but you know where do you <laughs> when do you like let people where, where do you draw that line like that yeah I don't I, don't, I just don't I don't see that's unnecessary I, in yeah. my opinion like it's yeah. It should be something that we're doing, there may be that we're striving to yeah. do as hunters anyways. Like, yeah. we're making sure that no matter what the situation is, when we pull the trigger, when we release that arrow, that it's the best possible situation, right? Yeah. And inevitably, it's going to happen. The more time yeah. you spend in the woods, the more time you go hunting, the more arrows and bullets you let fly, something's yeah. going to go wrong. Even if you right? did, even if you did make a law that says you right. can't shoot over 100 yards and a person <laughs> is following it, doing their very best, of some, like a certain percentage are still going to like have exactly. something go wrong and wound something. And the type of people that would do that, that wouldn't, if they thought they hit that animal, that, you know, that they're going to, that the right type of people that I generally hope all the hunters are, would go investigate anyways yeah. and see. And if they did find fur, feathers, blood whatever the situation they're going to look for that animal mm-hmm. right or do their best get up high glass again try to find it and then make their best attempt at recovering that yeah. animal so but the type of people that won't that law is not going to change it anyways they're going to do no, it anyways they're not right? going to think about it anyway they're going to well, pull the trigger and like ah whatever and we'll i think do the next one i right? think hunts so. like you know it's like 40 mile and nelchina maybe where there's a lot of people a lot of animals running around and like where people are because i think it's people People always reference, you know, all these, everybody's taking 800 yard shots at, yeah, you know, and like, if, you know, I'm not saying a person, if they know what they're doing, shouldn't, like, I'm not saying it's inherently wrong to take a long shot, but there are people, it's one of, it's tough to define, but you know, you, you just got to take everything situationally. There's plenty Mm -hmm. of things where you you, like, you see something go on you're like, yeah, that's not, that's not kosher, man. That's not, (laughs) but you also, it's like, when you think of like, we're, thinking about making a law here like another restriction when we've already got a freaking book full of of laws and restrictions to guide our ethics Mm -hmm. you know i just yeah i think it's unnecessary and i I think like the when we're talking legal ramifications the punishment's kind of got to fit the crime you know yeah and i think i think more and more these days you know the the moral ethics outweigh the common sense you know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and that's a general statement with not yeah. even just including hunting, but everything, like everybody's moral high grounds is outweighing common sense or your yeah. opinion oh, or my a, opinion or whatever, of, yeah. you know, like, and it, it's just kind of, it just keeps going down that same path of like, I'm going to enforce this because this is the right thing to do, even though it doesn't fit yeah. the situation, you know, it's yeah. like. And I feel like that's a little bit in there. I mean, there's probably good intention, of course. Oh, I think, and I and I, I generally like I generally agree with the idea generally. But as yeah. when we're when we're talking like as far as like ethical decisions and yeah. making it laws, I can't I can't get yeah, with and it. I, and I I I read on your comments. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I uh, my wife and I have been. She's been telling me like you just got to just read and oh, just sit I need back to just a little do bit that and too. just. Not jump in there so much because I was the first one in there. Like, no, this isn't. This you shouldn't be to this. But and then you just get sucked into that conversation, oh, yeah. and, it, and it goes nowhere, and it just yeah, causes, it causes you a bunch of grief, right? But I read into that a little bit, and then there was that one guy that says that, oh, I've had those situations where I've taken hunters out and we we took shots and we didn't cut our tags and we went and yeah. got a different animal. Like, well, but you were the one saying, and then that this should be the law. 
but then you just said you didn't do that anyway. So, and like, what are you? And then that's it's like, crazy. And then it like flips it just, back to, oh, well, that's just outside my acceptable. Right. So, like, like, who's pick, to who's to navigate you know, that? Like, come yeah, on, man. It's like, tough. And I don't fault anybody for, like, for being, you know, you got to, like, fall, you know, I just, I don't, I think people's intentions are good. I Absolutely. just can't agree with, like, there's a few little sticking points that are kind of critical when it comes to, like, make, for <laughs> yeah. me, when it comes to, like, making it law. Yeah. You know, like, and there's arguments like, well, what's Hunter education for? What are, you know, what are there, are there other ways that this could be addressed rather than just some blanket law mm-hmm. that the people that aren't going to follow it, aren't going to follow it anyway. And no one's going to, you know, right. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah and that, I think, I think that falls into that category. Like, well, the people who have the right intentions, that's not necessary because they're going to do that anyways. Yeah. Regardless of it's law yeah. or not. And the people who aren't, they're not going to follow it even if you make it a law. Yeah. So what, what are you gaining by adding another regulation on top of whatever? Yeah, what, what we just already more, more it, freaking, it, to me, it's just not More necessary. freaking, it just, yeah, it's more tripping. Just, there's so, yeah. when you really look into it, like in the statute, but like there's so many little like ways to get got. I mean, you can't yep. even keep it all, yep. keep it all straight sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. And I mean, it's. I was trying to think of like good analogies for it. I don't know how applicable, but like if someone were to like kill someone with a firearm, but you don't like, but you can't consider any of the maybe factors like, does that person automatically deserve, you know, the death penalty or life in prison, whatever you want to say? Like, well, you have the people that intentionally did it versus the whole down to the other end of the spectrum where a person where just. They may have made a mistake, but it was like a complete freak accident. Like it's, they're not the same yeah. thing and you can't, you know, maybe that's a bad example. I don't know. That's just, it's just something yeah, that, that occurs to me. I don't think, I think you got to take every situation kind of as it is and mm-hmm. do your, do your best to do the right thing in, right. in the situation. But and so. that's, that's what I feel. I feel like generally that most hunters that's their way they're going to do the right thing yeah i think so too i think we're all kind of we're all come from different aspects of life but we're all kind of cut from the same moral or ethical ethical cloth that when something goes down and it goes down a little wrong the way you didn't plan it yeah because inevitably it'll will yeah, how do you you're gonna do? You know, everything how do you, you do your do. best to make it right or make right by it? You know, exactly. Some, yeah. I mean, sometimes there's just shitty situations, you yeah. know, and there's whether no matter the effort you put, you know, there's you, some animals you're just not gonna recover. Some, yep. Sometimes they don't die. Sometimes, you know, they may fall. You know, a goat may fall off cliff. You know, right? And um, where some hunts, yeah, you probably should punch your tag. But some, you know, Kodiak, you call the biologist, they'll probably tell you just shoot another one. Yeah, you know, it's. It's it's, it's situation. kind of situationally I don't, I different. I don't think yeah. it's I don't think it's as easy to you, you just can't I I don't think you can just easily do a blanket thing and no, I don't yeah. think we need a freaking law to cover it. But yeah, I and and yeah, you're right that like it just diving it. It's it's so hard sometimes not to get yeah. sucked into those because <laughs> then you're not. It's not like you're. You know, it's like, all right, what am I reading into what this person's saying that they're not intending? And and right when you have a face to face conversation and you can read body language, it's a yeah. little different than 
what your brain is yeah, telling you, like, what is reading on this message. Oh, that son of a bitch. They're trying uh, to know. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. So <laughs> I, I've been trying not to. I've just been reading and no, that's not good for diving you. <laughs> in. Get you spun up about something that's not yeah, necessary. Yeah, totally unnecessary. Yeah. Then yeah. the next thing, you you know, you spent half a day thinking about this that was really not yeah. even necessary. Yeah. So, yeah, but that was interesting. And I, I really should do a better job of paying it, like, it just seems like there's, it's like, man, another like round of proposal. Like it's just, well, and we've seen, I've, I've noticed this last year or so, there's been a lot more of that kind of going on. It seems like the last couple of years where there are a lot of different little rule changes or, you know, yeah. stuff like that, that's been popping up. It's like, man, what, and I, what's happening on the other side that they're seeing that these need to happen? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like what, what did, what, uh, you know. Well, and, it, and it's hard to tell. Whatever. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword, too, because it's, it's fortunate that anyone up here can participate, like, in the mm-hmm. process of, of yeah. our game reg- regulations and can go, like, testify themselves. Like, it's a really cool thing. And, you know, myself included, like, a lot, you know, we can all, I'm sure, be a lot more involved. Some people just, I don't know whether it's a thing, whether they... I don't know what it is. Some people just have to like, like you'll see 18 proposals from one person sometimes, or like multiple variants of different proposals that are kind of all over the board and don't really make any sense. And generally it's it's located or it's segregated down to one area that that person, it affects that person or that area only, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So there, and there's, there's definitely a time for, some restrictions mm-hmm. there. I think as far as like, you know, my last thing on the wounding thing, I I just think if there's a specific area, animal, whatever, that like the wounding loss is enough that they need right. to do something like that to, to kind of curtail it, then I can understand that. But yeah. not as just a blanket everyone. We don't, we got right. enough freaking blanket everyone has to fit into the mold I, type I'd, of... I'd be interested to see if there is any kind of research or any kind of information well, that's the, associated with that that tells you the the why, you know what I mean? Like, if there's... Funny you ask. They, at the end, you know, because when you, when you put a proposal in, you're, it, it says, what is the issue you would like the board, you would like the board to address and why? And all... <clears throat> and this is from a, an AC committee, an advisory committee, mm-hmm. that any wounded game be counted against the hunter's bag limit. That's well, it. that doesn't say shit. Because in this area, we've seen massive yeah, number it doesn't, decrease it does, because like, of certain hunts. Nothing or, scientific or... That's just because. I mean, so yeah. unfortunately, some a lot of this stuff, and I can understand the sentiment, people will see, you know, you go up on the 40-mile hunt and you see someone, you know, <laughs> someone may see a couple people doing something horribly irresponsible, which right. the shit happens. But the other 10,000 were okay. Yeah. Right? Or whatever. You know, it, the other yeah. three, four, yeah. 5,000 people were doing okay. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. But someone will have a negative bum experience yeah. and get a chip, you know, and like, I understand it, but get a chip on their shoulder and up, well, we're going to freaking, We got to change this. No, I mean, I don't disagree with that specific hunt that things yeah. would be done better because everybody, <laughs> yeah. I think, is on the same page with that. Yeah. It's been beat to death. The 40-mile yeah. hunt is a it's a wild one. I did. I took my kids on that one yeah. this year, my daughters, and I was like, oh. And I hadn't done that hunt in forever because oh, I'd always man. been gone. I was like, well, let's just go up there. They, you know, they want to go caribou hunt. I wasn't, they weren't able to, they weren't going to be able to go out to moose camp with mm-hmm. me this year. So I was like, well, 
let's get this hunt in. We'll take grandpa. We'll go out and try to get a caribou. We'll have a good yeah. time, whatever. And took the motor home. We're going to, you know, easy hunt. Yeah. <laughs> Kids, right? <laughs> good time. And uh, we got a caribou, but man, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff going on up there. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, and I ended up, I we ended up shooting a caribou that was already shot, which would Me fit too. right into that bill, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what you're saying. But it was moving along fine like it i didn't know it was wounded until i shot yeah. it until yeah. i killed it right? same with mine honestly young yeah. bull but say that's like yeah kids were were pretty happy we got a caribou in front of them and then we i actually had the troopers land in on me mm. helicopter come down and just come talk to the kids and talk to us and check everything out and took off it's kind of neat experience yeah. for my daughters to see that you know like yeah the good side of hey this is a situation everything was done right and mm-hmm. we you know everything was legal and all that good stuff and uh, my daughter, my 10-year-old, my older one, that went on that sheep hunt with me, she was pretty stoked to meet the trooper, nice. got a picture with her and yeah. in the helicopter, <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff. There. She was pretty excited. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But, but yeah, that 40-mile that hunt is probably could be curtailed or done differently. Yeah. We all have our opinions on that, but it's still a good time. But, but like you said, even in that situation, there's only a couple, probably a very minimal percentage of people that are doing the wrong things versus the right yeah it's just that there's enough people that everybody they're just all packed in together yeah yeah it's yeah it's and i think that's what creates the issue is that no yeah you're in a hurry to get your caribou before they close it right that's to me that's what causes yeah and with that the the, the hurry and you know it's like it's stereotypically not a very tough one so it attracts like a larger variety of people and which uh, that's fine. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. nothing that I, I I don't think that that in a law like that would solve. No, it's but, not. It's but not the uh, you know the process is cool, and it, and it, you know it. That's just part of the deal, I guess. You know, when anyone can put mm-hmm. a proposal, it doesn't necessarily mean that the proposal is going to get teeth or that it, right. it makes any sense. You know, you're going to get some wacko stuff. Mm-hmm. When anybody can. Speaking of wacko stuff, the one the one I would like to do is get make the freaking sheep plug optional. Yeah, I st- yeah. I don't mind require I don't mind getting them sealed, but let it let you do like opt for either a plug or a locking tag. Right. Yeah, and that's pushed. Those plugs are pushed through. You were saying I think sheep I foundation yeah. pays for yeah. them. Yeah, which and that's you know, the Alaska branch, much, right? Just or the just the general national branch, okay. I believe, is who who got okay. it done. And I just don't. There's no. There's no reason. What do they do with it? Do they just record Nothing. the numbers? That's I think put the in there number or? the numbers are I think recorded in association with your I don't know if with your tag. if there's a database that it can look up, but I I don't think so. Like the they plug, could pull the number off the plug, you think, and associate that with you with your draw with may, your tag, maybe your um, whatever. I don't know if if like the way that, I don't know if the way the information is recorded right now that that's or maybe they're just recording sh- just a number like you know, we had x amount of yeah. sheep taken in this year yeah but have, is, yeah but they know. don't it's not like they do anything with the shavings you know and if they needed like dna study stuff why couldn't you like chip something off the skull cap or or the nose swab, or the like nose doing, yeah, yeah nose stuff like that it's just kind of like you know it's just because everybody else does it i don't think there's any legitimate need for it if a right. person some people like it if you want it if you want to take a freaking dewalt drill to your horns fine Why? by me but i don't yeah I, was, I, I thought that was just like a when i first saw that happen i thought it was just like a fishing game thing like that's a way for them to track yeah the sheep was harvested here legally on this time in th- but, well, yeah. yeah, like in theory, maybe, but I I don't think that there's 
and maybe some other states do some other stuff, but there's not like not a database a database that shares information. It'd be kind of no, weird if they and, did that. Yeah, it would be weird. And uh, I just, they'd be like, I just those, don't know. All those you sheep foundation guys are looking up your your numbers, yeah. finding out. <laughs> well, some of the conspiracy, like some of the old tag was punched. Well, you know? Some of the like, old timer conspiracy theorist guys. Oh, are like, well, we God, know. You know why they do that, right? You we know. know there's 20 sheep taken in this spot this yeah. for the last five years. This is a good spot to take our yeah. guys. To. Yeah, yeah. You so, know, yeah. and people think, oh, you know, I don't think it, it would do anything. It does anything to curtail, um, you know, illegal sheep or anything like no, that. Or I don't think so. You know, you can for every other game animal, you can you get a seal mm-hmm. that you can cut off when when yeah, the animals. You know, like you, you can't like bear hide. You know, a bear hide that's required to be sealed, or I think even black bears that aren't required to be sealed, you have to get a seal for them. Like yeah, they, they, to they send them the out of state, them, but yeah. yeah, you can get a state, but. You know, once you get that tanned hide back, you're free to cut, cut that it off, out. Yeah. It doesn't mean any legal thing. And when I was like that first sheet that I got was the first year you required seal. They required sealing, and they did a locking tag in the skull cap. Okay. Instead um, of so, a I don't. I don't have a problem with seal. I don't have a problem with taking my sheep in to like have them yeah. measure it, make and, sure it's good to go, and yeah. make sure it's legal. I don't. I could. You know, that doesn't hurt hurt my feelings a bit, but I do not think they should. I just don't, like you forcing said. Forcing you to plug them. Like it's, I'd be kind of wondering what the drive is behind put the plug in. Yeah. I, just, I, what 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 info or what are they gaining on it? Right? Yeah. I Other than drilling a hole in your horns. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they gain anything valuable from it. In I our, wouldn't in think so state. either. So like, I'm just kind of wondering like, is that something like, if a trooper was to walk in here right now and they wanted to look at these rams you have here on the wall, are they going to look at that plug to see if there's a plug in it? Like how are the... I don't think it has no, anything to do with no, that, right? No, because... because it's not um, a state thing if it's a sheep no. foundation thing, right? No, because that one doesn't have a plug. Right. Yeah, How can they tell? That one was killed two years before that one. Or what if it was They can't like say, oh, this one doesn't have a plug. It, was, it's, it wasn't a it legal was poached, sheep. Yeah. They can't say that they, there's no way you can. Right, are they like going to freaking you... carbon date the shit, you know? It, well, that's what I <laughs> yeah. mean. Like, there's, if there's no gain to it, then what's the, yeah, what's the no, deal? I don't get it. Maybe, I mean, maybe like one person had their sheep horn stolen and got them back because the oh, plug yeah. was in there. Yeah. If you want the plug, go for it. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it could be, maybe it should be optional. Yeah, that I mean that's that's what I would like, like the hey, next the sheep foundation is trying to push plugs if you want one we can put one in if not. Yeah. Okay. Next, or here you go. Yeah. Give next, it to you and you just hang it on there. <laughs> yeah, next state <laughs> next statewide thing like that's a proposal I'd like to craft in a way that to get rid of the plug. And talking to some of the or bios that think, you know, it's like cuz you got to write the stuff in a way that's reasonable and if yeah. if you want it to have a hope of passing and and not like I don't. I think they don't want like just self-serving stuff. But I don't think it is. I just think you don't have to change any laws. Just make the plug optional. Get right. a plug or a locking tag. Yeah, yeah. I'll donate the money for the locking tags for the sheep for the entire state. I bet it'll cost a couple hundred bucks to get the metal tags. Yeah. You know, just to have just to have the option. So yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I could really. I never really thought about it. I spent like, way like, more time than I should have thinking about. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, like, but but I mean, you're not wrong. Like, if there's nothing beneficial about it, then why is it a thing? You yeah. Know, like, if it's not yeah. collecting data of some form to where they can track, yeah, genetics or or even or even uh, populations or you know yeah. something that's actually impactful on the population of sheep, which is what you would think the Sheep Foundation is a is all about. 
right? Making sure that yeah. populations are healthy regardless of where, when, what state, whatever. Yeah. And it, if it, it doesn't do that, then then why waste the money on it? Like why yeah, are they spending I don't, why is that a thing for them to spend money on? Yeah, you know I, mean? I don't, like, I don't get it because it's not not even a matter of like keeping track of sheep because you know you can have a locking tag number associated mm-hmm. with it with every sheep. There's no law says I can't pull that plug out and right, fill it yeah. with Bondo or something. Yeah, you know, just fill it in. Yeah. Why does it? Why does it? All I think I believe. Yeah, I haven't. Looked, I probably got to go look at the statutes before I start talking out of my ass. But, start pulling plugs, yeah. But, but, uh, but uh, I believe it just that they're required to be sealed, and that's yeah. the only offered sealing. That's the sealing method. That's, that's how the they're sealed seal. now. And then when, the state you know, piggybacked maybe and said, okay, well, we'll let them pay for it so we don't pay for it, but yeah. we're going to put this plug in. When even a CITES stuff, you know, like yeah. wolves and cats and any CITES animal, you just have to... Have yeah. lots locking tag. Get a tag. locking tag, a little tab, cut it off when you're done. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's interesting, yeah. Never really thought about it a whole lot. Yeah. Like I said, I've thought about it. I've thought about <laughs> it way too much, way more than I should have. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I guess if you don't have something to be worked up about, then you're probably not <laughs> thinking enough. I don't know. I'm just trying to be a smart ass. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, um. Yeah, not to totally derail the whole oh, that's whole good. hunting stories time, but uh, and the good, foot yeah. the foot hanging there. My son wanted me to bring back that's for some neat. reason. He wanted me to bring I, back. I thought the it was feet. a <laughs> thought it was a an ermine at first. When oh, I first glanced over, <laughs> and I was like, wait, no, that's got a host on it. <laughs> yeah, kind of cool. But. Yeah, but yeah, man. Well. How'd your bear go? You went. You did some spring this year, right? You, yeah. Oh, well, that's you. that was another thing. I was because you. Um, bear went really good for me this yeah. spring. I, oh, it was, you know, that was like the whole, I think everyone's kind of just over, all the reasonable people I know are just kind of over COVID right oh, now. Oh man, yeah. Just the bullshit. And we, frankly, like around here, we have it pretty good. You know, you got your kooks right. driving alone in their car with two, masks two or on, three yeah. masks and an anal yeah. swab going, but, um. <laughs> Yeah, I they, saw uh, on the way up here, I saw a gal <laughs> driving. She was in a little car. She had a mask on and, like, 17 UAF parking permit stickers yeah. on her windshield. I was like, I'm going to stay away from you because if someone's going to crash into me, it's going to be that one. Yeah, <laughs> like, sounds about about right for, for this neck of the woods. But, yeah. um, no, bears went – it went great, man. We uh, did – I got my two normal bait baits out that I was running, and uh, mm-hmm. it was a little slower than – normally there's a few black bears – kicking around pretty soon yeah. usually get a couple nice ones on there early and it just didn't panic. didn't really materialize but then we went on a big trip um i think we had six bait sites there was oh, five dang. of us and we had six baits so, like it was a big trip to set baits and then come back a week later and hunt them right and right. we killed 10 bears and three or 11 my dad my dad lost one which it was weird because that's the only bear I've ever lost myself with a bow was with a stone arrowhead, that grizzly bear, and mm-hmm. I armpitted him, shot him too low in the armpit. My dad, you know, from what he was describing, shot this black bear in the same spot, but he shot him twice. He shot mm. him, and the bear just kind of flinched and jumped mm. and shot him again and said basically looked like the same spot. The bear ran 20 yards over there, fell over. About a minute later, got back up and walked off. <laughs> Huh. <laughs> so you never seen anything right, like yeah. it. I mean, we followed that thing for, I don't know, like 
crazy. Oh, I don't know. I'd be just guessing, but quite a ways, and he right. just qu- he quit bleeding. Just dried up on you. Dried up. I mean, you could yeah. see where he was still going, and I mean, we're just in the freaking jungle back yeah. there, full and every every just packed with fresh bear sign. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been down this road before, like this, <laughs> and the one I hit with my stone point, I actually I'd got pictures of like a week later. So it's and I mean, I it's like if you. If you hit bears forward and low be, like that, good, that yeah. usually it usually don't kill them. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Just so, low enough. Just but to yeah. Cut, not, and not we that anything. was and yeah that was so like you know counting that one. If we counted that one, it'd be like eleven bears and two basically two nights of hunting. Holy cow! That's good. Just off the hook. That's two, awesome. Two grizzlies and two grizzlies and eight black bears or Heck two grizzlies yeah. and nine black bears and. I mean, I got shot the big, the first, first bear than, you know, an hour after I sat down, shot like the biggest black bear I've ever killed with a bow. It's like a seven foot two chocolate bear. And I never killed a chocolate. And he was, after he had been like kill, like, getting after cubs or something because his back of his neck was all tore, tore up. up and, yeah. But just a cool, a cool yeah. old bear and shot him and then went and got the muzzle loader from the boat and came back and shot another one got them in the boat and <laughs> but i built that that was like my covid project was a smoke yeah, pole yeah. and and ended up uh later in june shooting a shooting a pretty nice grizzly with that thing cool a little over a little over eight foot grizzly with that thing that was fun and but you you're you're because you had a kodiak tag yeah this so spring and you were that. like right on the do we call Right on the bus. Direct flight from Homer. <laughs> from Homer. To, yeah, so the, that was, yeah, man. So you I didn't d- know if you were going to be able exactly, to go. Exactly, exactly. So I drew that tag and I was gearing up and made all the plans, had all the reservations, flights, hotel, charter. You know, I'm going in. I'm going to spend 15 days and get a bear. Right? Yeah. That's what you always do when you get when you draw one of those golden tickets. So I, I made all the plans and everything, and then COVID happened. They're shutting the state down. Can't travel. Can't fly into Kodiak because of yeah. And well, first it was no bear hunting. Yeah, no like bear, bear hunting, and then that got yeah, <laughs> that, then got that, got, that got reversed a couple of days later. And I was like, okay, well, maybe there's a chance. And then even at work, they're like, okay, no travel outside of the local area for us out there. I was oh. like, oh man, this is bad. So then it started easing up and easing up, and then uh, work said, okay, well. We'll do an exception to policy for people that are traveling for certain situations. So I wrote, first thing I did. How certain are we talking? Yeah, first thing I said was like, hey, got this once in a life, potentially once in a lifetime tag that I drew. I want to go hunt it. And at that time, I didn't know, you know, the the state was talking about reissuing tags potentially. There's going to be a meeting of it, meeting about it after the tag expired already. It's like, well, am I going to wait for the state to say, we're not going to reissue the tags. Mm-hmm. You're sorry, you know, which yeah. was what I kind of figured it was going to go. So every every turn that I kept getting a little more hope on I'm going to make yep. this hunt, I just kept kept pushing and checking and checking. And then finally it was like, well, I'm just going to go set up my bait station just because, like, I'm probably not going to get yeah. get here. So I was bought went and bought all kinds of bait and food. And, you know, I had a bunch of stuff, but I just started gearing up to do that. Then my buddy called me and said, hey. A friend of mine that it's a pilot is flying people just flew somebody in straight from homer to the field and back because the restriction because they, was you couldn't fly through those communities right like but you could Kodiak, travel yeah. road system right so they, yep. you could drive road system is fine but you couldn't go to a community that wasn't on the road system yep right 
So I was like, well, what's his name? Like, give me his number <laughs> right now. <laughs> so I called him up and said, hey, how did that work? Like, what did they do to get there? So he told me the, all the stuff. So I called Fishing Game and Kodiak and said, hey, I want to hunt this tag. I know I'm only going to have like six days. Because that's the other sticklers you would have to pick up the yeah. tag in Kodiak. You have to person. pick up the tag and you have to seal the bear in Kodiak normally, yeah. right? That's the thing. So I called him up and I, the biologist said, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll send your tag to Fairbanks office fishing game. Yeah. And then we'll allow them to seal your bear for you. Oh, nice. If you get it. And I was like, okay, perfect. So then I called Fairbanks and said, hey, they're sending me my tag. I'm going to be there to pick it up. So I went down there, picked it up, and then... Last minute, I had a buddy who's retired that's like, yeah, I'll go. Because my wife's like, you're not going alone. It's like, yeah, I'm going. (laughs) I'm going regardless, you know. So I was like, yeah, well, he's not doing anything. He doesn't work anymore. I was like, hey, I'll buy your plane ticket. You know, I've already got the charter. He's going to come pick us up in Homer, fly straight to the field, hunt, come back, whatever. So he's like, yeah, sure, I'll go with you. Last minute, like, so two days later, we leave, driving, you know, whatever, 10 hours to Homer and got on the float plane and landed in the bay and set up camp and it'd been a while since i set up a bear fence you know we're sitting there and, and i'm and then he went to go get water so we can start filtering water and all that and i'm setting up the bear fence around the, and i look over and there's this bear looking at me he's like <laughs> 40 yards to my left like just oh, standing up on it's a sow she's standing up looking right at me and i'm like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad idea you know reading the instructions you know, yeah how to do the bear fence <laughs> that was a great idea yeah so anyways uh yeah man it was great we had great weather um kodiak you don't ever get that no no we had, it was perfect it's like 60 degrees blue, oh, sunshine, nice. no wind no rain nothing um that night that we the day we landed we saw man 13 14 different bears easily oh, and a bunch of goats watching the goats up high yeah just playing i was like oh man i gotta get this tag that'd be pretty fun and then that evening, we're sitting there eating dinner, and I'm watching the far side of the bay, and down on this chute comes this big bear, just huge. I'm like, man, that's the one. Like, you could just tell. Yeah. And then there was another one that came out behind it. I was like, oh, maybe it's a sow and a cub. It was kind of far away, so we're kind of get a little out front, get up high, set up the glass, and we're looking at it, and I'm like, nope, that's a sow and a boar, like a huge boar, probably a 10-footer, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe not 10-foot, but just huge. Yeah. That's the one. So we watched him, put him to bed, got up in the morning. And when we landed, it was kind of like mid-tide. Mm-hmm. And woke up in the morning, it was high tide. But it was, wasn't was to our tent or anything. But it wasn't, okay. wasn't, <laughs> wasn't far from it either. It was like, holy cow, it's like a plus, it was like a plus two or plus three tide. So it was yeah. pretty high up there. And I was like, well. And at the end of the inlet, there's two creeks that run in. And I was like, well, we're not going to get across those creeks at high tide unless we hike way down in the valley where it skinnies out. And that can be tough. Right. And it's all brush and everything where it skinnies out. So I was like, well, we've had bears above us the night before. Let's just kind of hang on this side and see what happens. And um, I spotted that big bear again. And he's all the way across on the other side, across the two creeks, across the field, high tide. (laughs) It's just not (laughs) happening. And they're up and moving, you know, of course. So they... They're moving up the valley, though, which was okay, so I figured maybe they would get up and hang up, and maybe we can make our way around and get a, get around them and get up, kind of get another look at them, but they just never stopped. Hmm. Saw them with a the glass, like two or three miles up the valley, just kept going. And I was you like, could never... The tide never... No, it was just... You never kept... I would have never caught up to them, even if there no. wasn't tide, you know? One of those situations, I was like, dang. 
So I'm getting discouraged and whatever. And then I saw another bear come down, another boar, big one. Followed the same trail, still couldn't get to him. And he runs up the same valley, same trail, followed him the whole way. And I'm like, man, there's no <laughs> way. And I was like, well, there goes my bears, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh-huh, guess I'll just be done. So that point it was like i was getting discouraged like you normally would yeah. and I was like well let's go eat lunch and lick our wounds and we'll let's walk the other way down the beach see if there's something coming down flipping rocks or whatever and we got back to the tent we ate we walked maybe a half a mile past camp and i just happened to glance over and look across the bay and on the beach is a third big boar walking the same direction that the other ones went and I was like, shit. Now it's oh, low tide. Like, now we got a chance. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to run. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just looked at Bob and I was like, hey, I'm going to run. Can you keep up? And he's, mind you, he's like 60. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'll do my best. <laughs> That's what he said. I was like, all right. That's a good answer. <laughs> so I run past camp, you know, run all the way through, get across the flat. It, ended, it was like a mile and a quarter probably. I said, mm-hmm. I know I have to get here. Because there was one opening in the brush before it got into the thick. And if he gets into the thick, like he followed the trail of the other ones, probably won't see him again until he pops out yeah. way up high on the other side. And I get there, and of course, I'm sweating profusely, heart's racing. I just ran the whole way. Mm-hmm. I got my pack off and set up, leaning my rifle over it, and I'm like trying to calm myself down. And to my surprise, Bob catches up to me five minutes of me sitting there and I was like, holy cow, man, you did pretty good for 60 year old dude <laughs> keeping up with me. And he's like, yeah, I only fell like three times. <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> like, I don't want to kill you. <laughs> like, Try not to do that. And then literally right after that, this, that bear pops right out. I'm like, oh, oh nice. man. And I only got a really like a quick look at him. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I've, I've hunted peninsula bears before, been down there a couple of times. And when I was guiding and stuff, and yeah. I was like, okay, it's definitely a, bear worth taking you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah and it was 160 yards i shot him hit him once he dropped got back up because they always do they're yep. tough freaking animals you know hit him again he fell <laughs> he starts rolling and yeah uh, I, I think i shot him three times and nice ended up getting him he squared out right about nine foot right at that and then uh it's like a 20 Seven and three sixteenth skull. That's a big anything over over twenty seven is a big skull. He's a man. big. He's a big old fatty, huge head. Like his head was just like, you know, nice. you go to pick it up. I can't lift it up. It's yeah, just one of those things. He he was uh, another year. He'd have been probably you know record book for sure. Like no oh, that's no joke. But, cool. But I ended up. It was weird. So I ended up. I count. I kind of you know think back onto it. I counted the driving and flying hours in and out. Mm-hmm. Because I got that the, the next day that I was allowed to hunt. Yeah. So it was like, I hunted for like eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> but I drove for like, and traveled for like 20-something hours, 25 hours oh, of travel. It's like going to South Africa or something, man. That, it was just a whirlwind, you know. It was kind of funny. but Yeah, that was a, I think I, I was flying almost as long as I was in the country. Right. Like it, it took me almost 48 hours to get there from Fairbanks mm-hmm. was there for four and a half days or whatever. And then 48 hours back <clears throat> or five days and then 48 hours back. Yeah. How was that? It was so yeah. much fun. I've always kind of wondered like, yeah, it's gotta be, gotta be pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't think it was a lot cooler than I thought it would be. Yeah. I had a lot, I had 
just had a freaking blast. It was, uh, you could, I mean, you could just make it whatever you wanted to. Right. You could make, you know, it's not necessary. Obviously, like a lot of that style hunting, especially in South Africa, is not always the most challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of opportunity and lots of animals. Right. Um, just plain fun, man. Yeah, just, that's a that's a different just aspect low of it. stress. Like, yeah, good time. Yeah, you know, super good. I I I can't wait to get back over there, but. I was going to ask you too, that, that had to be kind of a weird feeling flying like from home. Cause yeah. even, even though like everywhere's kind of like, you know, it's not like it's that far from home or whatever. It's just the way, like we usually get to Kodiak, it's, you know, you fly to Anchorage yep. then fly to Kodiak, then you're on Kodiak and then it's yeah. fly out to wherever you're doing. It's just a different dynamic yeah. when you hop an airplane yeah. somewhere totally, you know, well, like and Homer then, like, and the, then fly the, over. The float plant, the float pond in Homer is like. Half a mile from where you can park your truck. Yeah. <laughs> so I drove down. I have flown out of there once. Dropped yeah. all my gear and then had to go park my truck at the airport. You know. Oh where yeah. Yeah. We got to like walk up the hill and around the corner to get this. Yeah. But but yeah, flying over was pretty cool. The the pilot uh, Keller was pretty sweet. He knows all the oh, stuff. Oh nice. Yeah. I, flying I've flown over. with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's super cool. So the other funniest part was like we were when we were loading up leaving. Um, <laughs> there was crop. Or crab pots everywhere, mm-hmm. commercial Dungeness crab, right? And uh, I'm looking, and they're all full. You can yeah. see them. They're just solid orange, and they're only like six, seven feet of water. It's like, Jeez. holy cow. Well, while we were loading the plane up, this crab crawls across my, my wader boot, <laughs> and I stepped on it and pushed it down into the mud, and Keller's like, grab that thing and throw it in the float. I'll <laughs> eat that for dinner. And I'm like, I'm not reaching down in there to get my <laughs> finger cut off. It's like, no way, dude. He's like, that's a good one. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah, man. no, not going to happen, but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> go ahead and let it go. But, uh, but yeah, he, he was, those are pretty cool guys. Those guys, he's, uh, it was a good time. He was laugh, making me laugh the whole way back. He's talking about some kind of club that was on some island that was for, had velvet walls and was for, you know, extracurricular activities. <laughs> and I was like, well, not, don't stop there. Just yeah. keep going. Well, <laughs> I think, wasn't it them, them two guys? I think I'd have to ask Frank. Because he know, he knows them guys. Yeah. Um, I think that like Kodiak Brewing, the wingnut ale, or like the picture where the guy's hanging off the strut of the beaver. I think it's a beaver in that one. Yeah, you know, that's from like supposedly from a real, <laughs> I don't know, picture, I, but experience. I wouldn't doubt involving it, yeah. <laughs> uh, involving them too. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. But yeah, doubt no, it, and I know I know guys that were, like flown with them and with I think it was Keller. With a mm-hmm. TV crew, and uh, he he scared him something doing something, yeah, <laughs> like pretending the motor. He shut the stalled the motor out or something like that. And <laughs> I could like, see it. Yeah. Oh, they won't start. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then the funnier part was like, so we get to Homer. I got this bear hide that's completely, you know, I put it in a game bag and everything, and then. Of course, the skull in the trash bag. And then I'm like, man, I didn't have a cooler big enough for this, right? Yeah. Nobody does. That's <laughs> just not yeah. It's like, well, my plan was like, okay, well, I'll hit up the local hardware store and just buy a sheet, get, of, a couple sheets of foam, make one, yeah. and then stuff it full of ice to keep yeah. it on ice because I got to drive all the way back to Fairbanks yeah. to get this thing sealed, right? Without, you know, being able to get it frozen because normally mm-hmm. you would get it sealed and then freeze it and then do your thing, travel off, right? Outside of Kodiak. And I was like... So I go to Home Depot, and uh, 
that must have been Kenai or somewhere over there. Go to Home Depot. I got this bear in the back of my truck, my topper on, and there's blood running out of the tailgate, <laughs> just dripping onto the parking lot. I didn't think about it. So we go in and get a couple sheets of foam, a razor knife, duct tape, the whole nine yards. We're in the parking lot. Oh, we're coming out with your berry, your <laughs> yeah. body stash and supplies. Yeah, right, exactly. We're in the parking lot. We're constructing this foam box, and then we slide it in the back of my truck, and then we leave the one side off of it, and then we pull the tarp-shaped body out oh, of the bed, man. throw it in the... <laughs> And people are driving by looking at us. <laughs> Throw it in there, <laughs> put the trash bag with the rest of the parts in there, and then tape up the rest of the box. And we drive right across the street to Safeway and bought like a whole shopping cart full of ice <laughs> to oh, throw man, it in there. And I'm like, oh no, these guys are gonna <laughs> cops are on their way. You know? Oh, that's funny, I'm thinking man. for sure. And then yeah, and no, uh, and then it was, it was kind of cool. So. We drove all the way to Anchorage, spent mm-hmm. the night at a hotel, and I was like, I was kind of worried about it. Like, okay, this ice is going to melt. Like, how how long should I, you know, press this? So we got up early and drove all the way to Fairbanks and got to fishing game, and not a single that ice barely melted. Oh, like, nice! Nothing. That two inch foam board, man, dude. We because uh, I mean, yeah, people like their Yetis, whatever. We right. we built one for my dad, a cooler. That he takes down to Chitna in yeah. his boat, and he can fit like a, about average of like a hundred six reds in there. Yeah, but it was same thing with just sheet metal. We got a little um, our insulation shop had a little sheet metal break and stuff right. like that, where we just bought the sheet metal and uh, lined this thing and riveted it. You know, and it's like with two inch foam board mm-hmm. and got a nice lid. Man, I mean that stuff that will, works good. Yeah, that that stuff will work really well. Yeah, I was surprised. I was like, huh. We had a bunch of ice left over, threw it in the freezer at the house for the, nice. next, for the next trip. <laughs> yeah. Threw it back in there. No, that's, yeah, that's a good plan. I think the next time, which I'm way overdue for getting back down to the peninsula hunting. Um, it's fun. Like I, I, every time I've been, it's like, man, this, I just got to keep coming. That's but cool, it, yeah. trying to it's carve just, out a time to go. And it's expensive, yeah. you know. I mean, I don't know what last time cost me, like <laughs> three grand or so last time yeah. I went. and Yeah, that was before. Yeah, yeah long time ago. But, uh like the down for bears you're talking about peninsula bear hunting mm-hmm. or yeah yeah the logistics is rough yeah it's tough but rough. i thought like because i and it was re, it was really before i knew was good at flesh like was learned how to really like flesh stuff well um right. i fleshed my bear like with a havilon just retarded <laughs> Um, I mean, I got it like you, nothing slipped or nothing, but you just right. can't. You can't get it off. You can't get it all off. And I brought salt and had him salted and, you know, nothing slipped, but I think it was like a greasy mess. Right. Um, you just like, it's stuff you can't just you really, get I mean, off with a knife. You really can't without a beam. <laughs> you just. Yeah. Which I've I tried the hand, you know, the, the hand fleshers and, you know, the little things and. Yeah. You really just, there's nothing that. Obviously, you do your best. I mean, you mm-hmm. get off as much of the meat and as much of the fat as you can, but unless you have a beam or a flesher, like, you're really not getting all the way down, but it is 100% better than not doing that. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. When you, and when you can, it's uh, just the difference of having a nice beam and you can, like, yeah, you can just it take it all. Like, it used to be intimidating when stuff had big layers of fat. Now, mm-hmm. man, just like a nice... Just especially fall bear or early spring bear mm-hmm. with a nice big layer of fat that just comes comes off like yeah. butter. But uh, my uh, what I, I was getting at is next time I whenever I make it out there again, I'm gonna bring 
like the makings, like a chunk of PVC or something. I'm right. going to make a beam something with like driftwood. Get back to the tent, work it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did that on on one of our, I, I didn't use it this last year. I think after seeing how the hides, the hides we killed the first, the first day were starting to get a little slippy. Yeah. By the time we got them back and I got them handled, um, but like the last time we'd gone up there, my beam that I made was still up there of like river logs. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, like Frank's bear that he shot through the throat a few years ago, <laughs> that thing, I, I fleshed it when we were up there and fleshed it and got it on the salt there. Yeah. And that'd be the way to go. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We did a lot of that at camp up there at Happy Valley when I was working for the guides there. A lot of fleshing, a lot of salt, and a lot of beam work. We try to do as much in the field, too. But yeah. I mean, but you're mainly caribou, mm-hmm. obviously. That's the hot commodity up there. But bears, too. Lots of lots of grizzly bears. Like, a lot of people don't realize that. Like, if you want a, not a guaranteed grizzly bear, but a pretty darn good chance, fly out into the Brooks Range. Yeah. <laughs> They're everywhere. There's Man, a lot. Yeah, where everywhere. we were, yeah, it seemed like where we, like, I, we sheep hunted for, several years it was just like more and more bears mm-hmm. every year um i never personally had any issues with them but other guys in our hunting yeah. party had yeah, I would some issues with them before all the time and like you know when you're sitting there waiting for the the next client to come out or whatever like hey man does he have a bear tag yeah <laughs> call back hey tell him to get a bear tag like i've seen yeah. like five today <laughs> yeah <laughs> or whatever you know i've seen 12 caribou but i've seen four grizzly bears like that's yeah, especially, good you, know, odds, you know, you know, and you get up there, some of that country where you can't, I mean, there's no trees or really much brush yeah. or anything, but you may not see anything during the day, but then you're like up late at night and it's just yep. like bear, bear, yep. bear. They're out there getting berries and chasing caribou carcasses, especially yep. in that area, you know, you find them a lot and they've boomed pretty good. I mean, I, they've changed the regulations up there now. It's registration hunts too for, oh, gotcha. for residents and stuff. So yeah, it used to be draw tag, like pretty far back in the day well i know the one of the uh maybe like three tags i've drawn or four tags i've drawn was the very first tag i drew was that hall road Mm -hmm. archery tag the year they've made it they registration registration (laughs) (laughs) so nolan voided yep (laughs) i got my five dollars back though oh did you yeah that's nice of them (laughs) should have just kept it yeah but uh yeah no, there's a lot of, there's, if if you can like figure out the logistics to get to some different spots, like there's a lot of yeah. super cool hunting opportunities up here, man. Oh man. More than you could almost ever really do in a lifetime. Yep. There's. And, and it, That's it, saying a lot, but. It's crazy. <laughs> like every, well, I mean, it's true though. Like you could pursue a single species or two and try to hunt. In as many different areas as you mm-hmm. can, and you probably would never get it all done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it works with the way it's spread out here. And, I, and even, like, moose, you know, Brooks Range, up way up north, north side of Brooks Range, you wouldn't think there'd be a lot of moose there. Man, I don't know how many times I've seen 40s, 50s, 60-inch bull moose mm. I've seen, out I've there. Found sh- I've found, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of moose myself on the north side. We did see one, one yeah. time up there, one big bull. But, like, find big bull sheds, like, yeah. nowhere near, I mean, where you not would ever think there'd be a 75 moose. miles from the nearest spruce yeah. tree, you know. Where we're hiking and, you know, chasing after caribou, and I'm glassing, glassing, and caribou walk across this little valley, and I'm 
Man, what is that? Look over and it's, it's a bowl in full velvet just Jeez. laying down. I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> like, what why the are heck you are doing? You what doing? are you doing here? Like, yeah, like there's there's a well, some musk. No, I don't know how many, but some muskox south of the Brooks Range mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I've heard of uh, uh, a friend of mine. His uncle lives in Wiseman. He's heard he's heard there's been some muskox traveling through yeah. that area. Like, huh. Kind of, I mean, I'm sure they migrate. They got to do whatever. Yeah, polar you know, polar bears showing yeah. up in Arctic Village, and Fort, Fort Yukon, Yukon yeah. And yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, they're going to move. That's for sure. Yeah, don't know what drives them. Not a muskox. Like what drives a muskox to? Yeah, just I don't know. Up and oh, screw this. I'm going south. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I'm heading I don't down. Know. What I think Matt Herkstroder has told me one time. He has footage of a bull on the south on the south side yeah. somewhere, like headbutting trees, just like. Yeah, ramming trees. <laughs> Crazy. Which, uh, yeah, who knows if I'll ever. Honestly, like my my odds are probably just save my money and go to Canada. Yeah. To, uh, sadly, to get you know for muskox, I I don't even apply for the Nunavak tag because I don't want to pay the however yeah, many the thousands of dollars. dollars before you even you punch know. tag it. It yeah. was uh, and like I mean the. Well, yeah, that, some of the registration hunts they had going, they pretty, they're pretty much toast now. I, I tried to get them for a couple of years when the getting was good, and mm-hmm. I just could never line it up internet-wise. To That, that Nunavak tag, I was talking to, man, he's an, another guy that kind of big on the this the hunting scene. Um, anyways, he did, he did it, but he flew in and took a boat around and then camped in a tent. Oh, nice. Of, instead of doing the whole guide thing, the nice. whole private guide. Yeah, because I don't know... In a, and then he he did get a muskox, but then yeah, then he had to call him and have him come pick him up. But nice. I don't know if that. I don't know how. Well, yeah, because I that think would work, I, but. I don't know how it works if it's the whole where you're technically supposed to get. Uh, it's it's more right. of like the native land deal, I think, than it yeah. is like state regs. You know, it's like part of the terms of use or whatever. Is you got to right. hire a transporter or and there's yep. a difference between like because I think there there is a guides. You can hire a guide or a transporter. Like, transporter can't help you with anything. You know, right, it's just... Yeah. To and from, yeah. Give you a place to stay and... Take you out. Have you sled you to haul you out there. Um, but it would be... You know, I got to go with my dad when <clears throat> when he got his yeah. um, his registration one, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's one, it's definitely one that's on my radar. I never yeah. really committed to it yeah i've never put in for it either yeah i'm not i don't know how committed i am to that yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean that's that's one you, that, like you said you either gotta gotta have a plan in advance or just be willing yeah. to pay the money like, yeah that's kind of what that one is but it's definitely one that i feel like would be pretty fun to do Something yeah cool but uh yeah, yeah i never we'll, ever applied yeah we'll see so yeah we'll see what happens this uh yeah it's pretty soon what is the 19th that we get to be disappointed yeah again. a couple weeks huh i put your, in a little, your, your yearly donation <laughs> my yearly donation yep yeah get excited to be disappointed and then it's followed by the same like angry posts of like oh, I've oh never, it's so rigged yeah it's so look rigged. at all the it's like well, all the hunts you put in for like less than look, which yeah. if i was a conspiracy theorist there may have been some things like if you really wanted to like draw up some yeah some Odd coincidences, maybe you might be able to, but well, yeah, a couple of years back that they posted the 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 guy that works at fishing game that's like a statistical analysis guy that drew like five tags. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, this guy rigged the system. Come on, man, no. 
Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, but. when you're putting in for, like, when most of the hunts you're putting in for, like, you have a chance of draw like, statistical chance of drawing, like, once in a hundred years. Yeah. You know, you can't really expect to, yep. to do very well. I don't know. And we keep, like, we always say over and over, it's just kind of a bonus if you get Yeah, I mean, if it you just get changes where yep. you're going, not what yep. you're doing. Yeah. For sure. I mean, obviously, like, there's a, there's two animals that you can't hunt general season buffalo muskox yeah. right that's about mm-hmm. basically it uh, so you just got to have a backup plan right like, yeah oh, i'm gonna go i know i'm going moose hunting here or i'm going sheep hunting this year this spot or you know trying to figure out where or whatever mm-hmm. but you draw a tag you're like okay well now i'm going here yep right so yep. The, yeah I, I only put in for sheep and buffalo this year uh probably gonna draw a sheep tag now that i'm crippled yeah <laughs> crippled up be the one time did they only. give you did they give you a recovery like time frame you think yeah or? they said uh uh for 100 percent recoveries a year yeah uh, but they said it was like seven eight months i should be pretty good to go so hopefully nice. beginning of summer be able to hopefully get back nice. into doing some hiking and biking and getting yeah. some kind of legs back under me that's the biggest thing and i think i think just being <clears throat> careful I mean, Frank's not yeah. here to speak for himself, but well, yeah, I definitely gotta, notice he's more careful. Yeah, with you gotta that go at and, your own pace for yeah. sure. Got a buddy of mine that got hurt uh, this this past fall. That well, he came. Yeah, I think yeah, the same because he he came over. He bought a yeah, a, bought a shirt. And, and I keep and, joking with him. Like, we're gonna go hunting together. It's gonna be like the recovery tour. The recovery tour. Yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> he was we're telling gonna go me out about together. That. And I, it's like we'll just, I'll just rig a sling or something and put you on my back. We'll just, oh we'll yeah, because he yeah he. Poor guy, he busted both his legs. Both, both legs, his legs. Yeah. Yeah. John, bad. if you're listening, John, there yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good, good dude. Just a crappy situation, but man, he's doing good. He's recovering. Yeah. He's, work, he's working his butt off. He's going to get there. Well, if like you sure. said, pre pre injury was like you know, as he described it, would like go just run however many miles in the mountains. Yeah, crazy athlete. Like exactly mountain yeah. marathon running. Just, just been through that kind of like you he'll know. get there for sure yeah. he's got that he's got that drive i don't know if i have that same drive. i don't have like, that same i don't drive. <laughs> never have i just i uh do everything i do to that goes around my hunting and fishing and family yep. life not, like, not 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 running marathons but yeah he's that he's the opposite end of that spectrum so i fully expect him to recover and maybe he'll carry me up the hill one day <laughs> but you know maybe so yeah so yeah. Get well soon, John. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bud. We'll see you tomorrow at work. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah, man. Well, um, yeah, I don't want to keep you too late, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm glad you could glad you could make yeah, it no over problem, finally. And we'll have to it. have to get you over when we got got a few more than just my boring ass to talk to. So. <laughs> yeah, see Connor. I know he's been on here a couple times. Went to high school with him. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I seen it. I seen crew. a text from him pop up. I didn't know if he uh, if he. Uh, yeah, I'll check later. See what he was, <laughs> what he was saying. Yeah, Connor's a good dude. Yep. I need to get, well, get him and his dad back over to talk about their Kodiak trip too. Yeah, they just went on a good one with yeah. Connor and his wife. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, good deal. And get back in ice fishing. Yeah, it's it's freaking. We're in, finally got like got some real winter now though. Mm-hmm. A little bit a little cold. cold now. We got yeah. got got soft. It's the wind that gets me, man. Right <laughs> now, I mean. Well, they were forecasting some like sixty below yeah. wind chill. I don't, I don't know, know if why I, that. I don't know if it happened or not. It was a little windy yesterday. Today was supposed to be the worst day. It was supposed to be today. It wasn't that bad today. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't really notice it. Yesterday but. was was worse than yeah. today. I thought. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I could imagine you're out there on the ice. Fucking howling wind is whipping <laughs> yeah, by. Yeah, no thanks. Nope. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Sorry. in the... Yeah, that, that little, shant, the little ice shanty's a game changer with the heat. Yeah. Man, that's pretty... You get used to that and you don't want to... Yeah. You know, not till... till Get you get to those like <laughs> spring days when it's but gets right. above freezing and stuff right. like that. That's that's nice, but uh, yep. yeah, plenty of stuff, plenty of stuff left to do, and then yeah. get the boat. I don't want to think too far forward, but you ready for spring? Yeah, start lining out the start lining out the priorities. Yeah, I got a a big bear. I'm gonna try to get after this spring that I've been seeing for a few years at my bait station. So I black pass- bear, grizzly bear, grizzly. I passed on a couple. Smaller grizzly that came in. Oh for man, him. is he? Are you seeing him multiple times yeah, a year? Yeah, and he's just smart. One of the, he, one of those ones where I was on the stand and he came in and huffed and puffed and made a bunch of noise. Never present, out, never out presented himself. Oh, but, the, and I've done everything. You know, the sneak in, two people, one person leave, yeah. fire up the four wheeler, do this, do that, cut a shooting lane in. Yeah, He's big. Exercise and frustration. Yeah, so I'm going to try to go in again and just see what happens, right? Heck <laughs> Gotta yeah, Got to get man. out. Springtime's coming. Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm but, always looking forward to it, too. It's so much fun. Yep. No shortage of fun to be had. Absolutely. <laughs> well, all right. Well, uh, yeah, if you enjoy listening to Tundra Talk, I appreciate it if you leave a good review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen on. If you want to leave a bad review, that's fine, too. <laughs> just... <laughs> have at her but uh if you have any comments or questions you can uh, email podcast at tundra talk thanks for listening